Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. On tour in August. Irvine, Dayton, Seattle, Richmond. Today's guests from the movie Super Troopers Beer Fest and the Broken Lizard Comedy Group, Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. Go to Burt.com. This is the Burt All right. Well, that tap. The, TV, the double TV is phenomenal. When I saw the tap in here, I knew this was the ultimate man cave. Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, it's pretty great. It's you know it's 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 super hard. Like I'm on a cleanse right now, and so uh, because you were on on the road, and now I was you're, on the road for four weeks, and it was hardcore. You didn't come home at all, or it was no, just four I was gone. Home? I was four. I was four weeks out, and then I go out. I go out. Uh, I'm in Montreal for the, in for Montreal. a week, and then and then I go out for a real long time. Like, and when uh, you're on the road, do you uh, hardcore like a lot of drinking, a lot of yeah. crappy eating? I think I think for the majority of people that live <laughs> live pedestrian lives would be shocked. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and it's like, and then I got, uh, then I knew I was starting this cleanse, so I, so I, uh, uh, I, I kind of blew it out like the last couple days. Right, mm-hmm. blew it out your ass. <laughs> yeah. What is the what cleanse are you doing? It's called the clean program. I did it before. I lost forty pounds. Jesus. Holy shit! Really? It's the greatest fucking. Pr- In what the, period of time? Uh, seventeen days. No, shut up. That's like bulimia. Or something. No, it's just it's just you put your diet intake to roughly like uh, about twelve hundred calories. 1,500 calories a day. You do a juice in the morning, a juice at night. Snacks, like a rice cake with almond butter or rice cake with... I just... I'm really... I'm, I found out uh, the older I get and my daughter's going through some issues like like uh, developmental stuff. Where, yeah. So we're taking her to an occupational therapist yeah. and we found out that it's the same shit I have. Like sh- It's called a hot singlet. It's... What's that? It, it's, that sounds like a wrestling term. It, <laughs> yeah. A gay one at that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, a hot, hot singlet. singlet. Yeah, that's a hot singlet you got in there. <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's basically, sh- I don't know if you, what kind of, you guys were good students. You guys went to like a good school and stuff. Colgate. I, yeah. yeah. Doesn't I, mean we're good students, though. I was not a good Let student. Let me didn't graduate. Just I dropped out. You did? Yeah, yeah my senior year. I almost a bad student. I almost didn't graduate. I was in. Uh, I don't. You. I'm, I assume. I'm almost only assuming you guys know nothing about me because I've known who you were no, we know for a you. long time. I know about you. Um, but you like, were like I, on the ten year plan. In college, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I was there for like seven years, and then. Uh, but I had to. You're gra- Van Wilder, is what we understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> fuck. So, uh, but I had to go to New York and take correspondence classes through the Florida State Prison System. No shit. Oh, really? so fucking hard. Because my, my, my dad's like, whatever you do, you got to get your degree. Okay. And but I'd already started stand up. I already moved to New York to start stand up. So I moved to New York, and I they sent me a box of books, Holy and they're like, shit. "These are your six credit hours." Or I think it was like I want to say six. And I had to read all the books <laughs> and then write papers on all the. B- oh, that sucks. <sighs> One book is on Viking longships. An entire book on Viking longships. That sounds exciting. I felt I want to just mail the book back to the per- <laughs> person and go. This is the only person interested in Viking longships. <laughs> read his book. Don't read yeah. my fucking report. Yeah. So yeah, and so uh, I was fucking. And then, yeah. So, anyway, you guys went to, you guys were uh, Beta Theta Pies. We were Beta Theta Pies. Why? Big were Potato you, Pies. Were you in a fraternity? Yeah. I was, I, I, that's one of the things that's like, it's so funny. Like, I, 
came uh, I came across you guys, my buddy Lorenzo um, Lamas. Nope. Uh, although he is uh, he is <laughs> he is randomly a friend now because one of my buddies produces a show. So I meet him at, met him at a party and I was like Lorenzo Lamas. He's gorgeous. He's gorgeous by the yeah. way. Oh yeah, Tremendous yeah. One of our buddies did that show. Uh, did the, uh, the uh, bro, what's that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Joe Joe yeah. Who who's your yeah, buddy? Mike Weaver. He okay, was like the redheaded my, dude. My buddy's the executive producer. Okay, John okay. Moore. He was the actor on camera, and they almost busted him. Because, like, the dude recognized him the first day from Super Troopers. Shut up. That's our wait, he was, in, he was a redhead from Super Troopers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. And he's wonder... in the house. He's one of the guys in the house that oh, Joe Schmo shut up. Yeah, he played, you know, it's like in the commercial, they're like, the asshole is Mike Weaver. First episode, the guy was like, I know you. And then they show a clip of him. He's one of the local cops in Super Troopers. Yeah. Holy shit. He was yeah. great in that show. And, and he, he became friendly with Lorenzo Lamas, too, I guess, from that thing. Yeah. Um, the, it's, he's a really nice guy. Yeah. I, you know, apparently. He played a nice guy in Greece back in 1978. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Lorenzo Lamas was in Greece. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Lorenzo Lamas is the blonde-haired jock. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. I forgot about that. She brings him into yeah. the uh, This is pre-like renegade long hair. Like this is like yeah. blonde good guy. Okay. This is a California boy. Be honest. Do you think he kind of screwed it up? I would have stayed blonde hair blue. That character was gorgeous. The but the, you think he screwed up with renegade or? I would have stayed. I would have stayed blonde hair blue eyes and just rolled the dice so. on that one and see if he could be the next Steve McQueen. Yeah, I, I mean so. could could be. Although, you know, it's like he was going up against Travolta as Danny Zuko, and there is yeah. nobody cooler than that. I won't have it. Bert, yeah. I won't have it. Well, <laughs> who's cooler today? Uh, Lorenzo Lamas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, but but Travolta has had a better. Hold on, hold on. Let's start that over. Who's cooler if you could get them to come unhinged? Like, if you could see real behind the curtain, Travolta, oh, yeah. you and him in a seven forty seven in the cockpit, just yeah. by yourselves, yeah. bottle of whiskey opened, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know, know a guy. He's a Scientologist. I don't know if he's a big drinker. Or I want to get. I want to get behind the curtain with Travolta. That would be awesome, dude. A friend of mine had that scenario. He was on the plane with Travolta. So wait, every time, just so you guys know, every time you hear this voice, it's Steve. This is Steve. <laughs> That's Steve. Okay. This is Steve. This is, and I cannot. I cannot out the guy. I can't say the guy's name because okay. he is. He is a respectable journalist, and he was interviewing Travolta, and he was on Travolta's private plane. This is dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Travolta was piloting it. It was just the two of them on the plane. And Travolta, this is a friend of mine, okay? Okay. Travolta put, so it's no bullshit. Travolta threatened to crash the plane if the dude wouldn't suck his dick. <laughs> then, I, I gotta wait until the nosedive starts. <laughs> and then he put he did, okay. he put the plane on auto because <laughs> the guy had interviewed him before and was like, and I guess had been through this a couple of times. He was like, John, shut the fuck up! I'm not sucking your dick. Let's do the goddamn interview. <laughs> so listen, it could be because I might do that to you if I had a plane. If I just yeah. fuck with him. I might say I'm crashing yeah. the plane unless you suck my dick. Yeah, I definitely would. I, like if I did have a plane, I might do that totally. That's the power you have. Yeah. Just to see who immediately does it. Especially if you got a big plane with a bed in the back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so. the voice you just heard there is Kevin. Kevin. That's me. I'm and the more great voice. I, I, I'm the worst at interviewing people on podcasts because I never – you guys are both from Broken Lizard. Yeah. Yeah. You guys were the founding fathers. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you guys uh, both from Colgate. Yeah. One of my favorite movies all time. And I will argue that a movie that doesn't do as well in the box office and better on cable – 
will will stand the time of being a better movie is Club Dread. Club Dread. Thank you. One of my favorite movies. Love that. Movie. Thank you. Thank and you. I and I'm and I'll tell you like I it it's not something that if I had seen it in the theater I might have been like really but man when I fucking sit down in a hotel room and it's on I watch it from beginning to right. end yeah. and I laugh hysterically same thing with Malibu's Most Wanted yeah, uh, yeah, my yeah. buddy Nick wrote that movie and Nick Swartzen yeah Nick yeah, Swartzen yeah, yeah, okay. and yeah, we're friends with Nick yeah and Nick yeah. and like I like I, if I had seen it in the movie theater I would have been like ah. I had a dream about Jamie Kennedy last night, oddly enough. Anyway, okay. Um, I, but when I saw it, I laughed so fucking hard. I like, and the same things. I saw Super Troopers in the movie yeah. movie theaters and laughed out loud in the movie theaters. Yeah, that's one of the best openings to a movie. Thank you. You wrote Thank it like you. a sketch. You wrote it like you wrote it like a great. You wrote a cold open to a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it was it was based on a true story. Oh, it was my wife. Oh, send a voicemail. Let the dog out. Yeah. <laughs> Priscilla. Oh, wait. Priscilla's the dog. Yeah, Pris is the dog, and Leanne's the wife. Is that so wait, a photo of Leanne? Okay. Yeah, no, that's no Leanne see that. up there. Okay. So, wait. So, uh, what do you mean it was based on a true story? That was based on a true story. Uh, when we shot – a friend of ours has, a, has a, a, a cabin right on the border of Vermont and Canada. Is that where you wrote the script? No, but it was where we got. It was where we got inspired. Uh, it was one of the inspirations, and, and certainly this opening scene, because there was a bachelor party. Up there, and uh, th- this guy would have us up there all the time at his house, and we'd go into, into you know the Quebec province and like hit the strip joints, and and uh, so there's a bachelor party, and uh, an RV was was rented, and uh, I think there were like twelve of us on the on the RV, and uh, there were mushrooms for the entire bachelor party, and one guy had them. <laughs> party favors, yeah. And so you, 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 this is back when you can get off the grid and do mushrooms. Now yeah. that I have kids, there's no yeah, you mushrooms. Yeah. You have to, yeah, you have to have a special special time. <laughs> Yeah. Take a weekend, and so, uh, but so we were, we were going up there to, to the right to the checkpoint, and so you know what happens is they ask you where you're going, and you're like, hey, we're going to, we're going to see some strip clubs, and uh, and that's it. Unfortunately, there was a joint on the dashboard of the of the RV, and they were like, okay, well, whose joint is this? And nobody wanted to take credit, so like, all right, everybody off the RV, we're going to search the RV, and so the one guy who was holding the the mushrooms wound up eating all of them. Uh, took it for the team, man. Took it for the team. That is a soldier right there. I know it, really. Yeah. And so the question was, while, while everyone was in a holding cell, the question was, whose joint is this? Somebody has to claim the marijuana because it's in your possession. And nobody wanted to do it. Nobody knew what the punishment was going to be. So it's four hours in a holding cell, and this poor kid's eyes are just black. There, he, oh they are dilated as far as his eyeball will go. And finally, his, his brother was there on, on that trip, too. And his brother finally felt so badly for him. He was like, it's my joint. And they said, okay, well, then your punishment is you're not allowed back in Canada for 10 years, eh? And they <laughs> sent us back to Vermont. And we were like, oh, that was <laughs> it? That's punishment? it? But so, so we went No back. more kissing your dad goodnight. Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. But, but meanwhile, so, the dude shrooming his face off for in a jail cell. Yeah, oh. shrooming for four hours in, in the jail cell, and then shroomed for another thirty-six hours straight because he he'd done you know twelve doses of mushrooms, and his only complaint afterwards were like you know how was it when he came out of it was that his his cheeks were sore from smiling so much that was that was his only shut up yeah so we thought that would be a, like a, a great opening scene for I gag movie. I gag watching well I remember in the theater I remember gagging watching that dude eat the weed yeah and then eat the mushrooms yeah and then the best line you owe me you owe me cash for that <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah that was uh that was like and you know what made me you know what I loved about that movie I, well I'll tell you this I'm not gonna say all your movies but I'll say that movie distinctly because of when I saw it and when you guys made it yeah. that was the energy of um, oh we, you can do this yeah like there was a theory like that everyone moved down here because you could do this I moved down here because I could do this I I, I you had that energy 
I remember being, I remember uh, getting a development deal and asking one of the guys at the, at the network, "Why do you even do television? Like yeah. you can make movies." Like that, yeah. John. Was it? Did you guys watch Favreau like Swingers and stuff? Or is yeah, that sure? Yeah, that was right at the same time as our first movie, Puddle Cruiser, which yeah. is the movie we made before Super Troopers. I mean, really, I think those are like the same. They're, pub- they're similar time, but I mean, the Super. But it, it was a. I mean, we definitely ran into those problems too, where it's like people try to stop you from making that kind of movie. You know, like we. Yeah. I mean, that movie was in development with studios, you know, and ultimately we made it on our own. But like that opening scene, we were in development with one studio, and they tried to like totally turn that scene around. Because they're like, you can't, you know, what were they like? You have to know the cops first. You can't come into the scene through the kids. And yeah. you're like, no, that's the point. You want it to be like you're oh, in the car. Oh, that's such a fucking horrible note. Yeah. yeah. They, they and say, you're we, like, we want to know who you're, we don't know who to root for yeah. if you don't And you're like, no, them. no, you want to be in the car and you don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And so. It's the only time in the movie where you, you will get to experience what it's like to be pulled over by these guys. With a clean slate. Yeah. Yeah. And so ultimately, you know, we left that studio and then, and then we shot the movie. Do you remember what their idea was? Yeah, they wanted, to, they wanted to, they pitched to us, why don't we go back and the first scene be meeting you guys as little kids. <laughs> and then what we'll get this? to know who you are. What is this, grown-ups? And then, yeah, and then we'll yeah. get to know who you are, and then boom. It was like, we'll have the little Thorny, the little Mac, the little Farva, and like, he's got this personality, he's got this personality. Now, we heard that idea, we're like, you're, get fucked, because that's stupid. That, no, do you guys get to, like, when you guys were writing a script, there's so many things that I know that, uh, that I'm dying to know. As someone in in not I'm no don't do your business, but I've written scripts before, yeah, yeah. but and I've written scripts with friends. Um, do you guys get to pick your characters? Like, do you guys like? Yeah, it it's, changes from script to script. It's an interesting question because on on the first movie we made, Puddle Cruiser, uh, you know, we were probably like twenty four when we were writing the script, and and we didn't know what we were doing, and I think people got it in their heads that they might be playing certain parts, and so. You know, you you see that it's just a natural thing where people start to like beef up their characters' roles. The, the yeah. characters they think they're yourself. Play. <laughs> I I want that joke. Yeah, you but know? you don't. Knew, nobody knew who they were going to play, and then we figured out who was going to play what. And certain people were a little bit chafed because they really were like, I had written the, these jokes for myself, and now it's going to this guy. And then we were like, okay, from now on. We're never. We're all just going to write these characters generically. When we wrote Super Troopers, we're just writing these characters. There's no one guy who's a tall Indian. No guy. one could have, but no one could have played Farva like you did. Well, but we all we all auditioned for it. Shut Against up. Each other, like we we wrote the script. Wrote the script, right? Yeah, we did a table read, and uh, we each like would take twenty pages reading different characters. And I actually I was up next to read Farva after Heffernan. And I and I took myself out of the running after that. I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna. I think it's. I think it's clear. I don't. Need so to yeah, that's such a great. That's such a great fit. It's great douchebag oh, character. It's a perfect fit. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, because because we were all acting. Like I was like, I'm gonna be a total dick when I. And everyone's like, Ugh, like being as obnoxious as they can. And you're just kind of reading it as yourself. <laughs> it, it was just nice. Like my arm, like you know, he was sitting next to me, and it's like he's speaking his lines in the arm hair. On my arm was like fucking like getting singed from the hot breath coming out of my brain. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so like, but so then after that, we I think on Club Dread we did kind of start to know what characters we were going to play because it was like if we're if it's taking place in Costa Rica since I'm I'm Hispanic of his, Hispanic descent I should play a co- like a Costa Rican guy. Yeah, and then it's and we wanted and also Jay's character we wanted 
to do the opposite. Like on Puddle Cruiser and Super Troopers, the problem Jay was having was that because he was a director and these were really shoestring budget movies, he was so high strung and tightly wound and he would always be angry during the takes. And we'd have to walk up to him and be like, dude, like relax a little bit, like lighten it up. Yeah. Which, you know, was a good thing because, but it was just hard for him. Yeah. And so Club Dread, we were like, we need to write a part for him where he is um, angry proof. Yeah. Just a foppish British <laughs> Rastafarian. Yeah, with a Ponzi accent. Something that, like, no matter what is going on, he can just be in a good mood. Yeah. But there, you know, each thing has its pros and cons. I mean, it, you know. Well, we try not to write. For specific characters, do you guys? Do you guys? So, like, let's take it from like the beginning. Like, I know you. I know you guys are working on stuff now, but like, take it from the beginning. Does someone come up with an idea and go, "I have a movie pitch," and then you guys kind of like, eh, or or is it yeah, like? But it's 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 limited, like what you can do because because I'll say this. Yeah. I, I know that I know that one time, like, um, like I got into a development uh, deal. With I forget who, but it was, what they did is they packaged together five comics, yeah, five stand-ups, and they were like, "We're going to get you guys to write a movie." Guys that you knew, or did they put you together? Like uh, I knew them, I knew them, but I they weren't like, like the none monkeys. of us were like like the monkeys. It was yeah. right. It yeah, was yeah, like the monkeys. Yeah. It was a. It was so funny. They were like, "You got the p- sex pistols. Make it tougher. Make it tougher." Yeah, yeah, the sex pistols. That's <laughs> yeah. right. And you know what's so funny is I wanted they, we had to pick a name for our writing team, and I wanted us to call ourselves the Gay Mafia. <laughs> I was like, "What a great <laughs> you do. Have you read the script by the Gay Mafia? <laughs> Everyone's like, I knew they were real. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but uh, but um, what they did is they sat at a table with us and they were like, "This is what's selling right now." And so you didn't have the idea. They gave uh, you the idea. We or? each came up with ideas. Okay. We each came up with ideas. My ideas are always. I'm sorry, you don't know these guys that well, or you kind of. Knew I knew one dude. Or... I drank with one dude a lot. Okay. I drank. I had known the other guy. Um, I knew the chick. I knew of her. We all knew of each other. Yeah, yeah, sure. But none of us were like buddies. Right. Okay. And it made it. It actually made the. That's um, tough. Made well. It made. It made accepting notes uh, difficult because yeah. people would get behind something and then you couldn't get them to change their mind. Yeah, yeah. sure. And then one of the guys, the guy that had the most experience, since like a writer on Family Guy, was just like, "Fuck it." He's like, you know what? Script's gonna change a hundred times. So whatever they fucking want, just do it. And I was like, well, I don't care. Yeah. But um, but so do you guys come up with the idea, or did? Because it was weird when they were like, "This is what's selling," and I was like, "Oh, these are my ideas." <laughs> and they were like, yeah. "That sounds great." Yeah. No, I mean, it, like we're limited in like, uh, you can only come up with ideas that fit five dudes, <laughs> which is kind of you know, it's like you're yeah. an astronaut crew or a basketball team or whatever it is. Yeah. And so you're kind of stuck in that world a little bit. And then, uh, by the way, two movies we haven't done yet, and we should give it a whirl. I know, I know. I'm throwing those out there. Good ideas. Thank you, man. Uh, but, like, you know, usually it'll come like, uh, it comes in different ways. But See, like how my brain's like, or a bunch of guys that run a train on a girl. Yeah. <laughs> or the gay mafia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? All good ideas. This <laughs> is really good idea. Uh, but I, it works in different ways. Like, a lot of times it'll just be the five of us hanging out, some funny idea will come up. And you'll you know start riffing on that like that's where Super Troopers came from it was like us driving around on road trips and like either being high in the car or whatever it is and being like what if we got pulled over right now and just that it grew out of there you yeah know? there were a few pivotal moments for Super Troopers that one like you know the cops would pull you over and you'd be talking shit and then you'd instantly turn into a pussy yeah the cop came up to the car and we were like God if these guys knew how stoned we were like they could have fucked with us so badly and yeah. like and if they had a sense of humor too like. And you knew somebody was st- stoned, you'd want to fuck with them and, and have a good time if they were if they were cool. And then like, there was one we always played like the hypothetical game because we were. This is the summer when you and your buddies are going around to the to the weddings, and you're just like driving. You know, every weekend you're in a car going to somebody's fucking wedding. Yeah. 
we're playing the hypothetical game. Like, what would you do if you saw a dude fucking a bear on the side of the road? And then you're like, wait a second, what would you actually do? And then like that, but that became like something that we actually, I guess when we were writing Super Troopers, yeah, put the bear we, thing we put that in. Yeah. But then, yeah, so like, so. But a lot of shit gets shot down. I mean, like, you know. So then you, you come up with five guys on board. So you guys come up with a guy, someone hits a home run out of the park and you're like, this fucking idea yeah. is great. And then you go, great, this is the one we're working on. And then you do you like beat it out. Well, like, sometimes we'll do two, like we'll, we'll split up the work and do two scripts at the same time. You know, like I think we did that. When we did Beer Fest, like Beer Fest was like we came out of Club Dread. It, it had failed the box office. People ripped us for being like sophomoric and all this shit. And we were like, well, what are we going to do next? And and our our instinct was maybe like, you know, hey, maybe we should be, you know, more like, you know, smarter or whatever it is. Oh. Kevin was angry this day. We were, we were all pretty angry. <laughs> like the, the box office receipts had just come in. And it, we opened against – Club Dread opened against the Passion of the Christ. And we got the Lord fucking smote us oh so my hard. God. That's so funny. I that was one of the few times I've been to the movie theaters in L.A. Yeah, and it, I went to Passions of the Christ that opening weekend. Yeah, and it was fucking packed. Oh yeah, and we would like our our oh, thing is what a shit yeah, weekend. It was a hard weekend. Yeah, oh, it was yeah. a hard weekend because like because you didn't expect that. You know what I mean? Like you did. But you're walking into the movie theater. The other thing we do is like, had you known, you would have changed the marketing program. Jews feel like not having a yeah, bad weekend. Come on out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like we, like we walked into the theater in Times Square where we had done pretty well with Super Troopers, and there's like a lot of stoner dudes, and we're like, "Fucking awesome! This is going to be a perfect audience for us." And uh, what had happened is like these church groups had bought all the tickets. And we're just standing at the door handing tickets out to people as they walked into the theater. And it's like, oh, there's a gaggle of dudes that's going to see our movie. And then someone walked up and gave them free tickets to Passion of the Christ. They just went yeah. in. Five oh dudes walk in, God. baseball hats backwards, stoned to the gills. We're like, money in the bank. <laughs> free tickets handed to them. Sure, why not? Yeah. Damn it. That would make me so angry. Yeah. Because we came in, I think we were like either fourth or fifth at the box office that weekend, but only taking in like three million bucks or 2.3 million bucks. Yeah. Passion of the three- Christ took in like. 25 million a day yeah it was like ridiculous that's but, insane yeah like 2 through 10 on the on the top 10 <laughs> that we can all got crushed and so it was just like the studio was pissed at us the reviews were bad like nothing went right we're trying to figure out literally it's Monday we're trying to figure out what how to regroup Kevin's all pissed off the reviews are so shitty and he's like they want to see something fucking sophomore we should make a movie called fucking uh, beer fest or something <laughs> and that we and that's we all stopped we're like holy fucking shit there it is that's the idea that's a good idea are you serious that's great yeah. it's like make a fucking beer competition movie yeah well so no but so yeah. it was like the, the original thing was that like brothers go to Oktoberfest and get kicked out of Oktoberfest and decide to start a competing Oktoberfest in the states and their hook, the way they're going to get a little one up on Oktoberfest, is they're, they're going to allow underage drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and to do that, they're going to have it at, like, on an Indian reservation to s- skirt the, the rules. And we were like into this, and then we're like, wait a second, wait a second. We can't have 10 million people at, at this thing. We have to, for the budget, we have to make it a small yeah, movie. Of, of underage drinkers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we, so we changed it to Bloodsport. Like, we, we love the movie Bloodsport, and we're like, Bloodsport's such a great fucking it's movie. Great. It's It's such great. a great fucking movie. Kumite. I talk about Bloodsport so much in my stand-up oh, that is under, that really? is, oh yeah, like, when I used to have to do this joke about getting into a fight, and I was like, what, like, I made a joke about a punch, and I did the, the double punch, yeah. that, huh, yeah. and, 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 and you love when someone gets the reference and you're like oh the um beer fest opened on comedy central premiered on comedy central yeah on uh february 9th 
Okay. Wow. How do you know that? Because my hour special followed it. Sweet. Oh wow. Yep. They were, my hour special came di- right after it. They're like, you got the best lead in possible. That's awesome. Man. It's a great freaking movie. Beer. Was fest. it a good lead in or no? Yeah, I, don't, I, I can tell you what I can tell you what your numbers were above. Because <laughs> 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 I can tell you what my numbers were, but yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I got 1.9 million people watched That's my hour awesome. special, Jeez. and they're awesome. like, you had a good lead in because uh, Beer Fest killed it. Oh great! And like you guys had, I think, want to say like three million. Oh man, that's great. something that's great. higher than that. Yeah, but it still plays. It still plays on uh, on Comedy Central. It's a, it's a, it's amazing. It's like almost like you guys are making like uh, you guys are making um, cult classics all the time, like in a Harvey Corman esque kind of way, without ever trying to be Harvey Corman. Yeah, like you're, anything you make is something that everyone's going to watch like a hundred times. Yeah, it's like you know, like Doug, ben- you know Doug Benson. Yeah, yeah, sure. Doug, yeah. I the, when I first met Doug, the, I paid him. He was like, paid me a really nice compliment. But I, I didn't. It's a backhanded compliment, but it's the compliment that we all want to have. Is I saw Super High Me a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he, he did a great deal. It was one of the, the best business moves he could have could have done because he did a deal with with uh, G Four, I think, and they just played the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so sure. all of a sudden, you become really friend. Like you guys came over, and I was like, I was like, I, I'm in the backyard, and I'm like cleaning it up because I was like, these are guys I've watched a hundred <laughs> times. And then I was like, I wonder if they're gonna be bigger than I wonder if they're going to be small movie guys or they're going to be college frat boys like and then when I saw you I was like oh thank god you're just as big as I thought you'd be and, and what about me what about me perfect perfect oh, perfect okay, okay. yeah but I knew Jay, Jay I knew Jay was uh, he's like a six foot dude like he's yeah, a regular size one, I think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's a regular size dude yeah yeah um, Wait, but, so by regular size, you mean I'm less than regular size? Bert, yeah, you're this, little. This interview is going south. <laughs> you're like 5'9", right? I'm, I'm souring. I'm a strong 5'9". No one's 5'9". Everyone's 5'10". out yeah, here. I know. But no, it's okay because he's the short guy in the group. Yeah, you need. I'm yeah, the fat guy. You, yeah, you got to pick he's your character. Guy. That's my niche. That's my niche. There's yeah. nobody shorter than me, Bert. I get to fucking. I get to play that part. The, uh, the joke I was gonna write because you tweeted. You're like, I just saw a picture of Bert Kreischer. He looks like a mean guy. Should I kick him in the dick? And I, the joke I was gonna write back was, "Jokes on you. My wife's got my dick at therapy." <laughs> but then, but then, but I was like. Uh, yeah. No, no. The, the nice thing about being the short guy in the group is that anytime there's a publicity photo or like anywhere we go, I have to be in the front. So oh, every photo you ever man. see of Broken Lizard, I'm out there like that with my arms crossed, <laughs> like in front, doing a fucking face or something like that. So now, so now, do you guys do you guys share uh, like like you guys? It's so crazy to me because like I came out with my buddy Eddie um, from Florida State. He yeah. was a, he was a fraternity brother, and there was a group of us that were very that like all decided we're going to try to write a movie. Me, my buddy Obi, my buddy Keith, my buddy Eddie. Like we all kind of had the same passion. Now I look at them and I like Keith is now writing books. Um, Obi is uh, Obi's off the grid. I don't okay. know what he's okay. doing. He's but lost. See, <laughs> he's definitely not listening to this. Okay, okay. it happens. He didn't have it electricity. Happens. Some fall by the wayside. <laughs> he's, uh, he's how like like when you, you it seems like you have an inclination or you you know somewhat like what he is doing. Is he like just out to launch on drugs? No, no, he. Uh, smoking weed definitely. He uh, <laughs> he just it's like he takes the path of least resistance. Okay. It's like he came out to LA and it was like it was like ah fuck it. Everyone out here is fake. I was like yeah, but that's part of the gig. You got to get that. Yeah. He was like he's like the movie scene's booming in New Orleans. I'm going to New Orleans. Okay. So he moved out to New Orleans to act. And he's oddly enough, he's been in some big movies in Harold and Kumar. Okay, uh, go to Guantanamo. So he's an actor. He's an actor, yeah, but yeah. he does headshots too, and then. In doing headshots, I think you fuck a lot of young chicks, and then mm-hmm. in fucking a lot of young chicks, you then just find your interests are more what they do, which right. is just getting weed and right, listening right. to my morning jacket. <laughs> yeah. And so, but he still acts a little bit, 
but it's it's out of New Orleans. Yeah. So uh, and then Eddie's one of the funniest fucking human beings I've ever been around in my entire life. Eddie, Eddie and I, Eddie came with us when we went and saw Super Troopers. Oh, okay. And he was like, God damn it, man! Why don't we write something? But there's a big difference between people who come up with good movie ideas and people who write them. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, who is the one spearhead that you go? Yeah, we're a great group of guys, but without this person, like, who's the one that's like, guys, seriously, we're meeting at eight. Uh, it's changed a little bit. Uh, over the years Like I think Jay was definitely the guy Who was like Let's make movies Don't you think Well I think he I mean he definitely said Let's put together a comedy group Yeah And then we I mean we were doing The short films In our live shows like, But I did, think that's a difference though It's like we We were a performing group You guys you know I mean? Out of Colgate Yeah and so it's like So everyone we, had we, our, our whole thing was like Let's be in front of the camera And then the writing came On the side You really? know what I mean Yeah Well and cause so, like Cause I remember in college When we started the comedy group Like Jay was the one who would come get us for rehearsals. The problem with Jay was that there was no rehearsal schedule. And so you'd be at a party, and he'd show up, <laughs> and people would fucking hide, like in closets and stuff like that, because you're like, no. He, his presence here can only mean one thing. <laughs> and, and he'd come up to you and be like, uh, we're going to meet right now. And you're like, fuck you. I'm fucked up, dude. <laughs> come on. And so you know, we'd meet. and then, But when we brought the show to New York City... We we ultimately wound up shooting a short film for this uh, another kid, an NYU yeah, film student yeah. who had seen our show and asked us to write and act in his his senior thesis film. And from there, we got the bug. Yeah, to, to really? make the to yeah, make we a feature film. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Do you do you, uh, you you don't strike me as guys that would enjoy single camera acting? Like you strike me as guys that would love four camera audience live audience. Uh, no, I like I like it. Why? Why do you say that? I, I, I hate, like it. I hate single camera. You do? It, I don't hate it because it's why? Because you hate too, watching. You hate acting because you don't get reaction, or you I don't, don't get reaction. Yeah, I need yeah, the yeah. reaction. No, I, it, I think it's it's for, it comes from stand up. But like, I love the reaction. I love like yeah. like I, like it was very unsuccessful. I mean, it's it's fine now. But like I, when I will go to pitch a sitcom, I'm very candid. Like I, I'm. I'm just, uh, yeah, I want to do, but oddly enough, my show on Travel Channel, single camera or two cameras, no audience, but you know, but people are so in the moment, if you get them to laugh, they laugh. Sure. sure, Like I, I, like I watched your movie and I was like, I would be horrible because I'd be fucking breaking up in scene with you going like, great take, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, but we do that. But that's the, that's the hard thing is that you have to wait a year to get the reaction from the audience. Yeah. I mean, which is the hard part, I think, which is why we started doing stand up. So you guys, and you guys, and you guys, well, hold on. I want to talk about stand up. But I also want to talk, so you go in Colgate. You have a comedy troupe. Yeah, you're all we had of like the same age. People, yeah, and uh, we started it there. And it actually, 15, still exists. The group was 15 people. Yeah, it really exist. Yeah, and yeah. so we, we started it, and then uh, we graduated. You know, we did we did shows on campus, and it was like there was nothing like that. Like nobody was doing like sketch comedy, and you can make fun of shit like the local cop and this professor yeah. and whatever. Everyone, oh, you're all murderous. the jokes were easy. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to have any universal themes. It was yeah. like you can make fun of the niche shit that happened around campus. It was great. And then we moved to New York and tried to do the same thing, and it wasn't as easy, and we had less people. And so we just moved after we moved what to year? New York and started doing shows. There. What year were you? Did you guys move to New York? Ninety one. Oh, holy shit! So you were there like uh, when the state was doing it? Yeah, we were actually right. Kind of, we were contemporaries with them because what happened was we were doing these live shows in the village, and MTV had put out that they were looking they were going to do a new show, 
And so they were scouting groups, and we went down to the wire, and it was kind of us and the state. Yeah. And then they chose the state. Really? Yeah. Have you run? And then into we those went off guys, and made a movie. Have you guys run into those guys since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah. They're you know different, you know, mutual friends and, yeah. and mutual girlfriends, and you know that kind of stuff that go on over the years. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, yeah, we've run into those guys. Yeah. I mean, we're not friends yeah, with yeah, them, yeah, right? yeah. but uh, yeah, there was. I mean, there was the period of time where there was this whole question about you know Reno nine one one and Super Troopers and. You know, I think a lot was made out of it. From it's so funny, I do not see the connection. I, yeah. Like I, now that you say that, I go, "Holy shit!" That is right around the same time. But yeah, yeah but that's so yeah. yeah. Yeah, but people like we would get interviews, get interviewed, and people would definitely poke the bear, you know, and like try to like stoke us into staying, saying something. And I, I don't know if it worked, you know. Well, I know, the and then you make way. a joke, and then all of a sudden it gets taken out of, out of context. Yeah, you can't. Whatever. I guess you can't even yeah. be lighthearted like yeah. about it. Yeah, but I mean, like you know. I mean, we don't have any issues. I mean, it's like we do, we were we were in New York at the same time, and then two years after, kind of, we started. The UCB guys came into town, yeah, like ninety three, ninety four, yeah. And you know, there's a lot of sketch shows going on. Around but it was town. also, you know, it's like that that period of time in the early nineties was that was independent film just exploding. I mean, that's why really we did. got that bug. Yeah, yeah, because it was like Tarantino made Reservoir Dogs. It's Kevin Smith and Kevin Rodriguez Smith. and Linklater and all these Soderberg, guys were making these movies. Spike Lee. I ran into um, Ethan Hawke yeah. at, at the LAX airport. He was behind me in line. And I, at first, I thought it was uh, the guy from Sugar Ray. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They look. My brother so, saw them in concert this weekend. Sugar really? Ray. Yeah. I bet it's a great fucking show. <laughs> it was uh, Sugar Ray and Smash Mouth. He went. Uh, <laughs> Steve from Smash Mouth recognized me at a fucking at a at a Sweet. Holiday Inn one time. He was like Bert. I was like, shut the fuck <laughs> up, Smash Mouth. I was like, I'm, and then and then every and then when I went to a party after night, every, everyone thought I was Steve. From, like, You're the guy from Smash Mouth. I was like, no, nah, um, But uh, so what did Ethan Hawke do? But I ran into Ethan Hawke, and I was like, and I was like, I thought it was Sugar Ray at first, but then I realized it's Ethan Hawke, and I turned around and I said. Hey, uh, big fan of your work. You know, just very like casual. And then I realized he was with fucking Richard Linkletter, and I was like, "Oh, that's who I'm a fucking fan of." I was like, "Fuck Ethan Hawke in the mouth." I want, I want to talk (laughs) about fucking Dazed and Confused in my favorite movie ever. Yeah, yeah. that's another great compilation, like great example of like a compilation, you know, type movie. He's one of the reasons why we made our movies. I mean, we his his lawyer was our lawyer, and then we got to hang out with him right after he made Dazed and Confused. We hung out with him down in uh, in Austin, Texas, at South by Southwest, and. You know, got to know him a little bit and hung out with him a little bit. And yeah, cool dude. He's really? a great guy. Yeah, yeah. It, Jay's mean, Jay knows him much better than any, than us. But, yeah, uh, but that was like you know. So, I mean, these guys, you know, it's like you hear about clerks being made for whatever it is, sixteen thousand dollars, or El Mariachi, ten thousand yeah. dollars, or something like that. Whatever these crazy budgets were, Reservoir Dogs, I think, was a hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah, and that's really when your group of friends who are doing sketch comedy, and you're like. We want to make movies, and apparently, you really can make movies. And so, we raised two hundred fifty thousand bucks. That was Super Troopers or Puddle 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 was the first one. That that got us the money to make Super Troopers, which yeah. we only we made for a, a million and a quarter. Yeah, which, that's still that's still a lot of money, I guess theoretically. But did you shoot it on film? We did. Yeah, thirty five oh, millimeter. Yeah, it was one of the last ones shot on film. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I don't know why. I mean, because most of those other films were shot on like sixteen or Super sixteen. Yeah. yeah. And then you know transferred then, to thirty five. Yeah. But we just wanted it to look as good as it could possibly look to at least just come yeah, out. Yeah, cuz digital video was not. I mean, it wasn't it was, what it was. Yeah, yeah. I think they had like the the yeah. Canon yeah. XL2 or some shit yeah. and everyone's yeah, like this is the future. Yeah. I bought one. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'll make all my fucking movies with this." <laughs> yeah. I look at the fucking thing we shoot. I read all the things now we shot. Now the iPhone camera's better than that shit. It really is. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. 
Do you guys have Vine? Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys? Oh, I gotta fo- a, wait, we, what are your vines real quick? Because everyone will follow you. Because you guys would be people, people would be interested in watching new vines. <laughs> oh, it's, I, it's well, the same as our Twitter, right? Yeah. So it's... Heffernan uh, Rules. And I'm at Steve Lemmy. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So go check out their vines. Because, uh, yeah, well, we just, we went on tour. We were in the Midwest. We did a week in the Midwest and we, like, we had to fucking do this. And we got vine and we started doing a bunch of videos. And then and then we fell up. We came back home and we stopped doing them. So. Yeah. Oh really? I yeah. did. I did. But we go on the road this week. We'll do it again. I vined uh, last week when Derek Jeter had his first game back. Okay. I was vining his first at bat, and then you know he got a base hit, <laughs> right? And then stole sec or it was a hit and run, and then right. he went to third, and then came home and scored. I vined three different vines. <laughs> <laughs> the captain is back. I vined. Uh, I vined uh, the reaction to the Zimmerman trial. Mm-hmm. Okay, the, the, for who though? Who's for me. Reaction? Oh, you're for me. Okay, I'm a, yeah, I, yeah. I videotape me and I listen. The court fines and I hit Vine, yeah. and they said not guilty. But my reaction was, I, I realized how I like how how sensitive my reaction was going to yeah. be, and I couldn't stop laughing. So I was like, I'm not posting this you shit. Post it. Yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, not guilty, and I started laughing. So you did bullshit. You it was the real reaction. Oh, it was the real. It was. Okay. I didn't know if he was going to be guilty or not because yeah, they yeah. came back with that second degree murder shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this kid was going to jail. Yeah. And then so then, but once he said not guilty, I started laughing hysterically, and I was like, right. I'm not posting that reaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this is too sensitive. And then so instead so of now writing, you've got it on your podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. We don't edit this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so wait, you're you're bo- you're born in New York City. Yeah, and you were yeah, born, I was in born in Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. Nice. Well, where were you born? Florida, Tampa, Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Yeah, that Florida fucking shit. That, oh fuck yeah, it's real, man. Like his I, wife's from Florida. Whereabouts? Miami. Oh yeah, yeah. Would you? Uh, where she go to college? She uh, uh, UF. She's a Gator, Gainesville. Sorority. Uh, she was not in a sorority. Uh-huh. Did you go there? Where did you go? No, I went to Florida State. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was at Florida State Which, for... What, what are they? The Seminoles. Seminoles, yeah, okay. yeah. We were... Well, uh, that's where Stolhansky went for a semester, right? Yeah. One of our guys went there for a semester. Uh, theater school? Wait, are you a yeah. lawyer? I am, yeah. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, yeah. What did you think about the closing... I, I gotta be honest with you, the closing argument. He law, though. He's a fucking <laughs> terrible lawyer. Would you, be, would you be a great closing argument? Would you make great closing arguments? I did. I, like, I remember I did a closing argument, because when I went to law school... And I had one of the other guys, Eric, one of the Broken Lizard guys, be like you had to do a mock trial yeah. or whatever. And then he was my witness, one of the Broken Lizard guys. And so we had like a few little fucking jokes. And jokes. it's in front of a real like appellate court, federal court judge. So you worked at some bits? Yeah, we had some bits. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> We had some bits. Heffernan is like a bit whore. Like yeah. It doesn't matter what we're doing. He just wants bits. Right. And, and it was like, it was a fake jury <laughs> and it was a real federal court judge sitting on the thing and we had a few bits yeah and they got some laughs in the courtroom and after the judge was like mr heffernan i do not allow you know jokes in my courtroom <laughs> although yours were kind of funny <laughs> that's what she said that's what were your bits it was like uh we had worked out because it was like a whole thing where he was a witness who was being accused of murder and i was his defense attorney and so it was a whole thing where he had to go through what he did that day and we threw in some jokes about like uh, what he ate and like you know was it good how good you know that kind of just just little bullshit things that you probably just shouldn't have done just to keep yourself interested yeah just to keep a little fun I would, be, I would be a lawyer had I not gotten discovered by Rolling Stone magazine you would I would definitely my dad would have got me in some law was school was your dad a lawyer my dad's a lawyer okay, yeah mine too and uh, like all our friends all my uncles are lawyers yeah me too and uh, so it was like that was going to be my path and my, my my buddy came in. He went to law school, and, yeah. and he had no plans of being a lawyer. But it was like what our dads. Did you go down the road at all? Like, did you? Nope. Uh, uh, the you know months before I graduated, Rolling Stone discovered me. Yeah. And so then that came out, and Benny Lazaro's uh, one of the probably the one of the top lawyers in the state of Florida. Uh, uh, 
personal injury. Yeah. Um, he called me at my buddy came and said he called me the two days after that article came out, and he was like, "Bert," I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "Benny Lazera, listen, whatever you do, don't let this go." I was like, "What?" And he goes, "Whatever fame's happening, ride this out." Really? You don't? Yeah. He goes, really? "You don't want to be forty years old looking back saying I didn't give it a shot." That's and I was like, great. "Really?" And he was like, "Yeah." And this was the guy that you would think would definitely say, "Go to my dad's." Go to law school. My dad's uncle, my or my dad's uncle, my uncle Jerry, who's one of the top lobbyists in the I world. I have an uncle Jerry who's a lawyer. Oh, he's a lot. My, what if this they're the same uncle? Holy okay. shit! Holy fucking shit! The, uh, in DC. No, it's not oh. Connecticut. God damn. Um, we're so close. We're so close. He told me he's like he was like you got to get into stand up. So now you guys are doing stand up now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But wait, did you come out here and do like uh, write movies or to come out to do stand up? Stand up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got a TV show and then I came out for that. Okay. And then I stayed, but I got I moved to New York to do stand up. I didn't know that. I didn't understand that. I had met the state in Greece uh, one weekend when I was backpacking through Europe, and I had met them. And David, oh, they were all together. They were all together. Oh, okay. They they were. I want to say they had just signed the deal with NBC or some shit. Or, okay, uh, and they all came out to like to have a sabbatical, and I met David Wayne. Yeah, and David Wayne and I and I was like blown away because I had seen them on MTV, and I was like, listen, man, I, I think I want to be a stand up. So I'd recent, I'd just been in Russia, and I'd gone through this stuff in Russia that I thought was like, like I thought I was this legendary dude. I don't know, but <laughs> but I I um, I told David Wayne, and he goes, well, if you just got to get on stage and, and you got to move to New York. So if you come to New York, this is my number. I still remember his number to this day. Yeah. He goes, this is my number. Call me and I'll help you out. And I was like, great. I moved to New York. Awesome. The only person I knew called David Wayne. He sent me down to uh, Stella. Yep. Yeah. I saw Janine Garofalo perform and I was like, I'm in. Yeah. Did an open mic, met Dimitri Martin like that night. And Dimitri was like, hang out with me. We'll, we'll get, we'll work clubs together. And then didn't do clubs comedy for like seven months, and then got on stage, and and then got I got I got discovered very quickly. That's but awesome, I didn't man. know that Shit. you could do this or that you could do TV. Like I thought you just do stand up and live in New York. Yeah, yeah. Like I looked at those dudes, like I could tell, like so I'll just live in the city and I'll just you know do stand up, and maybe you'll get on a sitcom, maybe. But like right. that's not a yeah. goal because we were the total opposite. Like we did the whole TV movie thing and never kind of thought about the stand up thing, and then. Decided later on in the game, let's give that a try. Well, I don't know. You know, it's weird because we were scared to do stand up. Like we we had done sketch comedy, yeah. Which and we're fine with that. Which was, which was weird that we would be so. I was terrified. Well, I mean, for stand up sure. is so, so much more bald. It's so much more naked. You know yeah, I mean? which is you. what's so great about it. Yeah. But so, like, when you first went up to do stand, were you nervous or were you just a natural? Um, I guess I can say. I was a natural. I was very natural at it. It, it took. I, I can only correlate it this. This is the only phone conversation I that, that I remember about that is I did it at a bar in Tallahassee after that article came out, and I did it for like probably two hundred people, hundred and eighty people, and uh, I had to go last after four road comics, and they each did twenty. I would never do that now. Never in a million sure. years would I let forty do twenty minutes and then me do thirty to close the show out. Right. And I did it, and I had played baseball with a guy who went pro and uh, was a great baseball player, a guy named Brad Radke, pitched for the Twins. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I had remember, I remember when they were scouting Brad, they were also scouting me. Not scouting me, but I was there, and they were watching me, and I remember knowing I have an opportunity now to get seen by people who are important in baseball. And I remember thinking, I don't have whatever it has that he doesn't think about it yeah. he just does it yeah. he was so good at baseball yeah. and he didn't have to worry about it it just did it and I remember calling my dad when I got done doing stand up that night and he goes how was it and I go I think I found the thing for me that Brad had for baseball <laughs> yeah. I go this That's I'm awesome. very natural I didn't and did you tell stories or did you told stories I just got on stage and started telling stories okay. and talking and very and did people come to see you because they had read that article yeah because they read okay. the article okay. uh, 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 a 
uh, radio show had put together the show, and then I did stand up that night. Got off stage and they offered me my own morning show. Oh, wow. And they were like, wow. they were like, you, you're a natural. And I was like, oh, thanks. And then I, was, I talked to the dude whose show it was now. They're like, you'll work with him for a month and he's moving. I said, why would you move? And he looked at me and he goes, who wants to fucking stay in Tallahassee? I was like, not me now. I was like, fuck it. If I'm a natural, I'm going to New York. <laughs> and so you went to write to New York. Then. I went right to New York yeah. and started. I really learned how to do stand-up in New York, which was, uh, which, it was really good because it, 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 it is a lot of the same stuff that I probably you have comedically is New York comedy is yeah. is hanging out in a fraternity house and be able to make your friends laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same energy. I remember getting up there and going, "Oh, this is just like sitting in the lounge." Yeah. Like this is what that is. Tell them I, a funny story. Yeah, tell yeah, them. Yeah. You I will go I, this now this is me breaking down comedy yeah. in in the way my brain works. I went to an all boys Catholic high school and Me I, too. I, really? What the fuck, Bert? You guys, We're like brothers. I know it. What's going on, dude? <laughs> we should do a brother comedy. I know we should. <laughs> Damn it! I went to an all boy uh, Jesuit high school. It's, it's, it's you're Jesuit too. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's in all Florida. happening. Tampa right Jesuit. Tampa Jesuit. Fairfield Prep. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. That fucking yeah. We so things. You and so I should hard. switch seats. I'll take so, that, Mike. You. <laughs> so so uh, I wonder if I grow a mustache if I look like Farber. <laughs> Maybe. So so um. I when we I have my a part in Super Troopers too for Farva's cousin. I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus just Christ! Saying. <laughs> Let me read right now. The um, I uh, I learned at when I went to Jesuit my first uh, my freshman year yeah. that in order to sit at a table full of boys, you had to either be able to tell a story yeah. or chime in on a story. Sure. Because if you couldn't, you weren't allowed at that table. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I I real quick I remember I remember writing stories. Walking from like how did <laughs> what happened in class? I need to have something good that happened yeah, yeah, in class yeah, yeah. to sit down to to get my spot at that table. And I'd tell my I, whatever it was. Uh, I'll never forget. I, like I, the the one that got the first fucking laugh, the hardest one, and it was a true story. But it, it is a joke. But it is a true story. Is uh, Mr. Mercandante said to me? I was sitting in the front row, and he said, "Mr. Kreischer, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, he called up one of his apostles, and he said to him." Three, he said to him uh, three words or four words. Do you know what those words were? And I did not know a thing. And I was like, I don't know. I, I didn't say that. I just sit there. He goes, Mr. Kreischer, Mr. Kreischer. And Ty Rodriguez leans up right behind me. He goes, I can see your house from here. And I started <laughs> laughing so hard. <laughs> so Did you say that laugh? What? No, no. I just, but, uh, but that was what. And then when, when I got to the fraternity, I learned how to deal with hecklers. Because you get into a, a fraternity sure. lounge and they would destroy oh, yeah. you. We oh, call yeah. it the house of pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our place. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It, it is the truth is that <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the, oh, I'm having, I'm, I'm going, we're going to talk to you about you guys soon. The, um, <laughs> no, this is, get it out. The, uh, my first night I did stand up, I worked the door at the Boston Comedy Club and I, it was a very long story that I've told before, but it, it, it was my dad called me. I had no humility. It was my 26th birthday. I got a job working the door and I wanted to be a what comic. What year is this, man? 1998, 99. Okay, gotcha, and okay. so, um, so the guy running it, Louis Schaefer, said to me, um, listen, if no one shows up at the end of the night, I'll let you go on, if, if there's still people in the room. Yeah. And there were four Puerto Rican dudes sitting in the front table, and they were heckling so bad, they made Karen Bergreen cry. Okay. And Karen Bergreen stomped off stage, and Louis Schaefer sticks his head out the door, and he goes, you want to be a comic? You're up next. <laughs> and, I, and, and I walk up, and these four Puerto Rican guys start making fun of me. Yeah. And I, now, mind you, 
like the I way have, you looked or what? Uh, yeah, I okay. was white. Okay, I, I think I might have been wearing overalls. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, like there was a there was, like they just started, and I just went, "Oh, we're in the lounge, and I'm gonna light these motherfuckers on fire." Yeah. And I, I think the first thing I said, I go, "Listen, in my act, when it says, and then the dumb Puerto Rican chimes in, I'll point to you, <laughs> and the place goes fucking nuts." <laughs> and the one guy stands up, and I go, "What? You got to make a delivery?" And he was like, nah! "And it was like, bam, 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 bam." I fucking lit these guys on fire. Right. They get up, they all walk out. Place gives me a big round of applause, and I'm like, "Yeah!" Didn't have one fucking joke. I was like, "Who's up? Where's who's next, motherfucker? Say something! Say something!" Yeah. That's fantastic. So, but uh, but that training, like, still to this day, when I deal with hecklers, it goes back to that fraternity mentality. Yeah. Of like, of like, how, having to defend yourselves in a funny way. You couldn't be a dick. You had to make other people laugh. Yeah. But it, and and but it's an art. I'm sure you've learned, you know, to perfect it. It's it's the one stand thing, up though. It's the one thing I will say that uh, that you guys always need to be uh, careful of is that like not being groomed. That's like, our. We always talk about yeah. it all the time about how oh. we. That is uh, an element of our thing that's missing. We didn't. We didn't because we didn't make our bones that way. It's we haven't had to go through the hard knocks of walking out there with not a single person in the room knowing you, and you have to make every single person like you and laugh at your stuff. In our case, when we go out there. Live when we started doing it three and a half years ago, the people are there to see us, yeah, and so they're into it already. Yeah. yeah, every now and then you come across somebody who doesn't know, and and if they throw something at you, that's like we don't, we are not prepared, we're not trained in that. It's just in stand up, you just have so many years where yeah. you do make really big mistakes that right now would be mistakes that would get any any movie star fired off from a TV show sure. simply because, you know, it's like, the shit you but, say, yeah, or... but you're unknown at the time. So yeah. there it's no harm, no foul. It's like, well, yeah, he won't succeed. And so, the, but, but, and you learn from those mistakes and I'm not saying any of us have dropped N bombs like Michael Richards did, yeah. but like, but you learn from your mistakes, you learn how to deal better with hecklers and you learn almost the boundaries you can take. And, and it's one of the things that you only learn by, you know, 10,000 work hours is, like, how far you can push things and how far you can take it. And, yeah. like, but but I will say that, but that, that falls on the shoulders of straight ground and pound comics. There yeah. are guys that are in the clubs every single night, like Jim Norton's, Bob Kelly, like those dudes. Uh, and I only use two names. There's tons. Bill yeah. Burr. Yeah. Those dudes are, are club dudes. They're yeah. always, I mean, they do theaters, but they're always going to be club guys. You guys come by funny naturally and you're simply going out and entertaining people. I mean, it's yeah. not like your guys are going to be like in, you know, in like a really like you're never going to be, you're probably never going to do an all black room. Right. Right. Like, yeah. like, and that's where, you know, those are, fun. although you didn't, you do that. I did. You should. It's so much <laughs> yeah. fun. Yeah. It I really did. puts perspective. I didn't have a good time. He's much more noble really? at it than I well, am. But. It, the, the story it's, it's, it, I, it was just too soon for me because what happened is we, we did the Broken Lizard tour. That's how we started. Broken Lizard, we decided, hey. 2009. Yeah, let's, let's try stand-up comedy and go out there and do it, like, or, or return to our sketch roots, but do some stand-up. So, so all five? All five of us, like, it was That's great. so fucking cool. It was great. I can't even tell you. It was, like, right around that, the, like, right for that, that writer's strike. There wasn't a whole lot of shit going on. Yeah. And our agents were like, there's an appetite for live stuff out there. You guys have a fan base. If you guys want to put a show together, we'll we'll set it up. So we, the five of us, said, "Let's do it." And we did forty, like a forty city tour. Yeah, it was oh, a blast. We bought f- the Super Troopers uniforms. We bought the Beer Fest uniforms. We did sketches, brought people on stage, drank beers with them, oh. and then in between, each of us did some stand up. You know, ten minutes here, ten yeah, minutes there, and we had never done it before. Never done so it. Like literally, yeah. we did two warm up nights at the IO in Hollywood, where we each did our our stand up 
alone. Yeah. Which was I, I found terrifying. But the second I came off the first time, even the, my my first, I did two sets, two two nights in a row. The first night, it only went well enough that I came off and was like, "Holy fucking shit, I did it!" Yeah. <laughs> and that felt fucking great. <laughs> That was all I needed. I mean, that's the beauty of stand-up comedy. It's like, it's like playing golf and hitting one fucking long putt or yeah. one good shot. Just the fairway. one three iron that goes yeah. straight down yeah, the fairway, down and you're like, yeah. "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah, yeah. sweet spot. Yeah. yeah, and that's all you talk about. You know, you're like, "I drained a fucking thirty-five foot putt, motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, and that's like, did you hear my joke? And so, like, the next night I did a different set, and that went over a lot better. And so, so that was all the all the practice we had, and then we went out on the road, and like, I'm gonna say our third. I'm going to say our second show was the Montreal Comedy Festival because the first one was yeah. the Higher Ground Holy in Burlington. Holy shit, yeah. And then we played the, the, the Montreal Comedy Festival for a theater of like a thousand people, the one that Jay Shandersecker does not remember doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty, you're like, you're thrust in, in, into the thing. Into and the like, heart of the industry. Yeah. And so then, okay, we ready. So, so then we get back to the States and I tell our agent, Mike Berkowitz, I'm like, <laughs> holy yeah. shit, I fucking love doing stand-up comedy. I want to do it a lot. And he says, well, let's just be clear about one thing. Like the people coming to your shows are fans. Like you need to get out there in front of a random audience and see what that's like just to really get a flavor of it. I was like, fucking book me then. (laughs) (laughs) And so he, and I'm like, ah, that's cool. Thanks. (laughs) Hey Mike, call in my avails to the improv. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Which is what happened. Yeah. So he sent me (laughs) like a 6 PM. It was like a a teen tour. I don't know what it was. Yep. Hollywood Improvs, they have the teen tours where you can just light those rooms on fire. Yeah, well, I didn't know how to do that. And my whole, my whole, the whole bit, that, the set that I had written was all about masturbation. And so, like, oh. and so I got these, like, they haven't masturbated yet. No, or they have. Oh, they have, but, but they, don't they aren't comfortable talking. No, yeah, they don't, they don't share. Yeah, no, they share. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just at, I'm coming off killing it at the fucking Montreal Comedy Festival yeah. in front of a thousand fans. And now I'm in front of this room of teenage boys and teenage girls, like the girls are looking at me like I'm the fucking devil. Oh, yeah. I'm not getting one laugh. I'm bombing. <laughs> the other half of the room, and I don't know what it was. Oh, I'd it, pay to see that. I'd pay yeah. to have video of that. Oh, man. It was, it was the worst. But I called, and, and like Kevin was saying, the other half of the room was all black. And I don't know what the, what the event was. Yeah. But like it was, I think it was part of the teen tour. It was black kids and their parents. And I'm doing masturbation jokes. There's not. I'm not getting a single fucking laugh. I'm out there for 15 minutes, and it sucked. <laughs> but I called up my agent the next day. I was like, "I've got to tell you, that was a phenomenal experience. Like bombing is just as fantastic. It's so in its cathartic. Own way. It, yeah. But bombing is one. And, and and I don't look forward to it. And I don't. And I don't. Uh, I don't embrace it. I don't embrace. I don't. I don't love it. But man, it really is good for your soul. Yeah, because oh, especially like I don't. I haven't. I haven't sincerely bombed in 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 a, in a while. But I've had rough shows. Sure. And uh, and just that moment of when you're like, fuck it, this is not going well. But I have a ton of shit I'd love to try. Yeah. Because if it does work, we know that's gold. Exactly. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. one of the great. I, my problem lately has been. Um, and I wonder if you guys get into this. Like I obviously have a, on a, a reputation for uh, partying and, yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, and so what'll happen is, and my crowds drink a lot. Like, yeah. Like, same here. Yeah. Like, uh, so I, I have a problem cause I will whip them into a frenzy yeah. fairly early and then I will, <laughs> yeah. and then shit will go off and everyone's doing shots. Some girl's taking her top off. Exactly People trying to get on the stage. Yeah. Like it literally, we've had that. Yeah. Cause we used to start our two men show off with a chug with the audience 
Uh, I do that. Bring people up on stage. I do that shirtless. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I come out to Kesha shirtless and but then let the, the song the crowd, play. Like, it, you, it's hard to bring them back down to do your shit because it's like a fucking riot. It's, it, 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 I've, I have had a, I have had problems with that probably twice. Yeah. But like lately, I just I just keep my shirt off for the whole show. <laughs> it's been uh, I don't my stand up is not I have no idea what it is these days. Like it, it's gotten at a place where it's like sometimes I just feel like I'm telling secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's no. I mean, it is funny because uh, it's not fair. Going back to the thing about the. It's not fair what we have done versus what stand-up comedians have done. Because well, but to, I mean, but uh, we cut our teeth uh, other places, and we I, I mean, yeah. paid our dues in other places. Okay, I mean, it's not fair to ourselves. No, okay. it's, I'll tell you this: it, it, there are comics, and I'm I, I, and I know that comics listen to this, and, and I know that this is a conversation that every comic has. Yeah. I'm on the different side of this fence, and I had a conversation with my buddy Jeff Tate about this. He doesn't like when celebrities come in and decide they want to do stand-up. He yeah. doesn't like it because yeah. he feels like they haven't earned their way in it, and they're taking away jobs from good guys. I am on the other side of that fence and that if you decide to go if you guys decide to go in and do the Miami improv uh or the Tampa improv or do Dinable. a one nighter yeah, yeah but that for me you guys bring in a group of people that may not be traditionally stand up yes. fans yeah, and they will see the list of people coming in and if they have a good time at your show then they go well fuck we should go see Bert maybe we'll go see him so like the Stevos Tom Greens yourself like guys that do stand up Jay I know Jay is doing yeah, stand up yeah. now as well yeah, too yeah. it's like guys like that I don't really have a problem with it it just puts more eyes on stand up and and that is a that's a good thing um, yeah because we have tons of people who come to our shows and like I've never been to a comedy club before this was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, okay. A lot of people say But I mean, I, I think what we, I mean, we tried to, when we decided we wanted to do it, because we had a black, what happened was we did that show, we did that tour. We had never done stand before. We had a great time, and we're like, let's do some more. I'd love to do some more. And our agent's like, well, we'll book you guys if you want to go out and keep doing it. And so we're like, screw it, let's do it. This is like four years ago. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's do it. We'll do the clubs, and we'll do, we'll, you know, embrace it. And, so we were doing like you know what we did like twenty five weekends last last year probably that's a lot or whatever and you know it's like yeah and the year before that we did the same thing so it's like we're definitely like trying to pay our dues that's you know? well that, twenty five weekends is a commitment especially when you yeah. have another job in Hollywood yeah that is a commitment to stand up because and a family I, I, oh I have <laughs> I have yeah. I probably do twenty five weekends a year now yeah. right now. Weekends, it's, things are changing a little bit because you can do you can do Thursdays and Sundays in different clubs. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I and I, you know, shoot for twenty weekends a year, and then yeah. I and I have that's my kids. So it's a commitment, and yeah. Yeah. but I, 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 dude, I applaud anyone that's got the balls. I'll tell you right now, Dave Foley, who is a very sweet guy, yeah, very nice guy, yeah, super guy. Yeah. I remember watching him when I was young and I was starting at stand up, and. I was working the door, and they all came in with Conan one night. Yeah, and Conan went up on stage and said some words, and then uh, Scott Thompson went on stage and did yeah. stand up, and everyone was like, "He's gay." <laughs> right, right. He was. Oh, he was like, I, I love. I don't know. I'm not saying. I don't know what he said, but sure. I remember everyone was like, "I didn't know he was gay." Yeah, yeah. yeah, And so, and then I remember saying to Dave Foley, "You should go up there, man." Yeah. And and we were in the hallway, and he's like, "No, I'm, I'm not a stand up." I go, "But you're hilarious." Like, just dude. Just talk, you'll kill. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not stand-up. Right. And then someone else egged him on, and Dave Foley got up there. I want to say he got up with another dude from the from that, that show, and they took a hot one to the chest. Like, <laughs> really? And I remember going, ooh. Like, like the kind of hot ones where you don't want to make eye contact with them sure, after. Sure, sure. And I was like, it was good seeing you, Mr. Foley. And I just, <laughs> but he was like, I told yeah. you, I'm not stand-up. Now he's got a stand-up special. Really? Foley. Yeah, yeah. they just aired yeah. on Showtime last month. Really? Yeah. See, here's the thing is that stand-up's a magic trick ultimately. I mean, yeah. now, to become to become Bill Burr, Rogan, 
right. uh, to become these the gods of stand up, but the guy, Louis C.K. Yeah, it's something different. But but ultimately, stand up comedy is just figuring out a rhythm that you're comfortable with and yeah. getting yeah. and getting and being open and honest and relating to a crowd and getting first that past that first laugh. Once yeah. you get that first laugh, it's all downhill. I mean, yeah. in my opinion, now, I've been doing well, that's it for a fun long. thing that we've learned. That what you just said, it's like finding the rhythm and how to talk to the audience and how people perceive awesome. you. You know, you can't go up and be something that people. You know, you, Patrice O'Neill was did not. You, didn't, you guys know who Patrice yeah, is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. Patrice is not is not did not was not who he looked like. He was a he was a smart Jewish guy in this big black body. <laughs> right, I mean, right, that's right. that's the way his brain worked. Right. He was a neurotic Jewish guy. Right. And, 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 and so, but once you understood that that's who he was, that spoke volumes about people. You're like, holy shit, I just judged a book by its cover and it's not that. Yeah. Um, but but stand-up is, in, in a sense sometimes, just getting people to understand, this is who I am, this is the way I see it. And once you get that, you're fucking in. Yeah. yeah. No, no. What, what uh, are you guys doing toward eighth now? Yeah, so we uh, we're going out. The, uh, we're going to the Pacific Northwest this week. I'm not sure where in this airs, but we're going to go. Uh, I'll uh, put this up today. Uh, we're going uh, t- uh, t- uh, Thursday. We're going to do like a. We've been doing the club thing, and and this summer what we started doing was like uh, just because we're trying out a different thing. We're doing like five, you know, six different nights in in different cities, and we'll do either a, you know a one a one night at a club or like a small theater or a rock club. Yeah. And so, uh, so that's what we're doing. So Thursday night we go to San Francisco. We're gonna do a night of Cobbs. Then we go up to Portland the next night and we do the helium it's called the Hawthorne Theater. Okay. Oh, nice. And then, uh, and then the next night we're going to Seattle and we're doing this place called the Sunset Tavern. Nice. And then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday we're going into BC, British Columbia. So we're doing Victoria. Oh, uh, fuck. Which is Dude. a place called Nine One Nine Club One Nine One Nine Nine One Nine. And then we're doing a place called Nanaimo. Which I don't know I've I've just started doing Canada. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Canada. Oh, yeah. It is the greatest comedy crowds. We have you been to Calgary? No, uh, no. All I've been to is Edmonton and Toronto. We oh, you gotta go to Edmonton. Calgary. Calgary is Calgary phenomenal. Really, guys, oh. the greatest time. What was that? That's what everyone in Edmonton goes. Why didn't you come to Calgary? Oh yeah, and same same vice versa. Yeah. we were in Calgary. They said, "Why didn't you come to Edmonton?" Yeah. Uh shit, I can't remember. But it's we can find out for you. The club in Calgary. Oh, so good, so good. The audience were awesome. Oh, can it? Uh, uh, and the, uh, they like, were drinking. They were laughing their asses. Do you guys great. sell merch? Yeah. yeah, we just sell posters from the movies. Really? Yeah, we sell Super Troopers. And it's probably posters. easy to. That's the easiest thing to transport. travel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just can bring that. We we when we first started, we got like T-shirts and buttons and all this other shit, well, and the, it was just a pain in the ass. Money, the money's in T-shirts. Yeah. The, if you got like, but they, they bring those T-shirts around, it's such a fucking pain in the ass. It's a, it's a no, lot. E- but it's a lot easier walking, t- not, flying home with three grand in your pocket. <laughs> we can do that with posters. Though. Yeah, but, we can bring it to yeah, but you could you could make. I mean. Trust me when I say it, you can make a killing on shirts yeah. because people, people love. I mean, the shirt economy, the shirt business has grown in stand up because stand ups now are making good shirts, sure, right? yeah, like yeah, good yeah. shirts. I'll give you guys one of my shirts. Yes. Okay, I'll, I'll take one of your shirt. Are. are you wearing one? Is that no, 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 no. Uh, no, this is from tough uh, from the Spartan race. It's a great shirt, right? Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, well, I liked it. Yeah, my shirt looks like this oddly enough. Um, I'll give you guys shirts before you leave. Okay, okay. That's um, nice. but uh, but yeah, man, it's great. But so Canada, now, yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, we were, we've been trying to get back up to Vancouver. Or get get to Vancouver. We've never been, and so now we're gonna play there next Tuesday. So, so now two kids. I got three kids. You got three. Yeah, I got girl, girl, boy. So I have, I have daughters the same kind of age as your daughter. Yeah. and I have a son. And and married kids. I have married. I have a son, eighteen months old. 
Oh, yeah. fuck that. Get Good on one. the road. Dude, uh, they're, not, they're not real until two years old. No, yeah. You know what? He's, I fucking love that little motherfucker. <laughs> so it, I've been talking about this on stage, and I don't know the right way to approach it because I'm halfway there, but I don't. Like, my point is, I really didn't know I loved them this much. Yeah. Like, I really thought kids were like, like a 1950s sitcom. See you later, champ. Yeah. All right, pop. Like, yeah. I thought that would be the emotional connection. I knew I loved my dad, but I didn't need him. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, kn- I needed him, but I didn't knew- know that I needed him. Yeah. I need these fucking kids. Like, Oh, I understand my dad so much better now. Like, I, I called him up. It has to be, like, a year ago now. And I was like, Dad, I got to tell you, I'm starting to understand it, it must suck for me to live in Los Angeles and not be close to you in New York anymore. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you have no idea. And I'm like, because I can't imagine spending a fucking day away from this kid. Yeah. You yeah, know, I made fun of my brother. Like, my brother, I have an older brother. He was the first one to have a kid in our family or whatever. And I remember his kid was like maybe one or something or two. And we were at a big family gathering. And he was going somewhere with his wife. And so his kid was going to stay with my mom for like a week. And it was the first time they were, had parted, you know. And he handed the kid over to my mom. And he just wept. He was weeping. You know? And I just started making fun of him. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is asshole. your problem, you <laughs> pussy? And then I had kids, and then you understand what, what the, what's going on there. Yeah, you understand. But it's not, you know, it's your like... Your heart, uh, my cold uh, fucking lump of coal in my chest. It's still there, it's like Kev. It's like, it's like uh, you were in the Matrix. You didn't know it. I know. But you were in the Matrix. You were eating the steak, <gasps> knowing it. Okay. You didn't know that it wasn't yeah. real yet. Yeah, and yeah. then once you get out of the Matrix, you're like, I can't eat that steak anymore. <laughs> it's like being a, it's like being a, a born-again Christian. <laughs> yeah. It must be. That feeling of like looking at people going, well, you just haven't been saved yet. Yeah. Like once you get saved, you'll know the sure. love of Jesus in no, your heart. No, it's true. When you have a kid, you do join a new club. It's that yeah. fucking parent club, and I don't know why I always like it so much. Like I'll be walking down the street with my kid, and a dude will be like, "He'll be like, oh man, they grow up so fast." And I'm like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I didn't ask for your fucking two cents." But I realize that because I do it to people too. Like when I see somebody, we saw somebody yesterday with like a two week old. I was like, "How old is that little one?" Yeah, and they're like just two weeks, and I'm like, "Oh, isn't that great?" Do you know which one? You know which one used to fucking kill me is I would take I would take my kids on hikes up Runyon in the stroller yeah, yeah. and then one in a backpack and uh, and the one that you'd always get was people would see the one in the stroller and go oh I'd love to be her right now and you're like yeah in a wheelchair really is that what you want Need someone pushing you up like for, like Lieutenant Dana Forrest Gump yeah. but uh, but she uh, but I now I'm like if I see kids I, like especially if I'm on a plane and I'm drunk and I see a kid freaking out I'm always like hey you need me to help <laughs> Exactly. I fucking did that. A, a single mom came on. She had the baby in one hand. She had like the the. Car- and wait, let me just preface this by saying that you got to know Lemmy. Lemmy was like convertible Audi uh, douchebag. You do have the. He was the, that guy. The millionaire boys club look. Yeah. Before he oh. was the he was the douchey like you know you'd invite him to your kid's birthday party never would show up. I wouldn't you even know, that respond. Kind of, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even respond. And then all of a sudden now he's like the dude on the plane that's helping the mom out. Right? Oh my god, I'm the worst. I'm the worst guy. I'm like I can't stop talking about my kids. Yeah. He'll tell you that story in a second. Yeah. But like I'm on the. I'm on the plane and she's got the baby in one arm she's got the car seat that's gonna go down the hole she's trying to put this thing up and I'm like do you need me to help and she shoots me a look and I'm like I've got one I was like 10 months and she's like yeah 10 months and I was like I've got one the exact same age she's like oh my yeah. god I'm holding the baby. I'm rocking the baby. Now the flight attendant's like, oh, my God, my hero. He's not the father. Everyone's like, I am the fucking hero. I'm and you're like, what? Yeah. Like we were in, uh, where were we? We were in Peoria. We were at the jukebox. I don't know if you've ever been there before. Mm-hmm. We were doing a show. We were doing a weekend there. 
And he was probably like three months. His kid was three months or something like that in that range. Yeah. And every time he fucking turned around, he's trying to show pictures to, to people, right? So we do the meet and greet after the show with our yeah. merch. And yeah, there's so a we're, in the, we're in the merch line afterwards. And we're taking pictures of people, saying hi to people, whatever. And what happens is, you know, they come say hi to me, and then they go say hi to him, and then they move on. And the line is completely fucking backed up. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And I look over at uh. Lemmy, and he's got... You know, probably 10 random people in a circle around him, and he's showing baby pictures to the merch line. <laughs> I'm proud. And the thing, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, Lemmy, let's keep this line moving. Yeah. And then finally, you know, he just gave them his phone, and guys, then he went back to the merch line. You guys through. Yeah, flip through. I did. Flip through. I did. And like, at like 3 a.m., I found his phone like sitting on the bar. Uh, he was drunk somewhere, and I was like, I stole "Well, because it. here's the thing. Here's the thing about the kids, and that they don't like. Everyone's like, oh, it changes your life. It changes your life.' They, they, I wish somebody would. Expl- I can explain how a baby changes your life. Yeah, and uh, and and but pe- nobody did that to me, and so it's like that baby's born, and I did. I held him. You know, I'm in the recovery room. I'm like, I love him. I love him. When I saw his heart beating in the ultrasound, I, I got angry. I was like, I'll fucking kill anybody if they ever... I'll kill somebody if they fuck with this creature who's like yeah. the size of a pea with a little heart beating, right? But I was like, okay, so I love it. I get the parental thing. About two weeks into it, I was telling my wife, I was like, oh, like with tears in my eyes, I'm like, holy fucking shit, honey. No, I fall in love with him more and more every day. Every day I'm falling more and more in love with this kid because like he cries, you got to figure out what's wrong. He's got the poop and the pit. Like you're taking care of him. He was he was circumcised. You got to fucking dab at the cuts, put the ointment on there. You're like you're taking care of it. You come out of that fucking tunnel like I've never loved anything like I like I'll die for this fucker. <laughs> yeah, I'll oh, die. I it's it's the truth. I I joke about it, but like if someone came in with a gun. I'd be like, oh, kill my wife first. I can do without her. Mm-hmm. Like, but these kids, I can't do without. Like, I, I would, yeah. I would definitely throw my wife to a bear in a heartbeat because <laughs> that because it'll take a time for the bear to kill my wife. Like, I can sure. get the kids into a car sure. and get out of there. Out of there. Yeah. yeah, my wife doesn't have the chance to get the kids in the car. And I, you know, like, quite honestly, I'm gonna try to get away the bear too. Now, yeah, sure. um, but yeah, my wife, I like, I it's amazing. Um, just like you get on, especially getting on the road. I'm sure you, you get. Yeah, do you have a problem like going on the? Does it hurt you to go on the road? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. Well, once in a while, you want a weekend away. No, no, it's, you know, here's you know, here's what it happens is that um, my kids were groomed on it. So like when my oldest daughter was born, uh, that weekend I went to go work with the tell in Miami. Like okay. she was born on a Wednesday, I got on a plane Thursday. Oh wow, yeah. Okay. So like it was like I only know that, and they only know that. Oh, okay. So in a weird way, and like all our friends. Um, are like in the business yeah. in, in some respect. Like their dads are either musicians or their dads are. But at some point, you know, it changes like emotionally for you, regardless um, of what. I I just realized. You're used to. I just realized the other day, and not to sound like melodramatic, but I just realized how much I'm actually missing and how much I've missed. Yeah. And how much like my daughter's nine and she is like a little girl. Yeah. And I'm just like they make jokes to you at that age. Oh, my my daughter's writing jokes for you. Well, I, she know. gives some suggestions uh, for jokes. Yeah, to I mean, it's like road. you're like once they start writing jokes, you're like, that's a whole different animal. Man. Oh, <laughs> it's the way they they like. I, I yeah, it's. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I started I started realizing just how much I've missed, and now I'm like making a very conscious decision. Like I canceled all my Sunday shows. 
I only do I only fly on Thursdays, so I don't do press on Thursdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's and it's it's definitely cutting into how much my earning That's potential do, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like I don't it's I don't care. It doesn't matter. You you have the baby. You're like all I need to do is put a roof over this this child's yeah. head, put them through school, take care of them medically, and that's it. I don't I don't need to be a millionaire. I don't. I just sure. need enough to do that. We were. It's so funny. I don't know if I was thinking this today. No, maybe today. Maybe today I was thinking about or yesterday about you guys and my my buddy. Uh, one of my buddies has a sitcom, and uh, and you guys do movies. Mm-hmm. Which buddy? Which buddy? Let's just Steve Byrne. Okay. You brought, you yeah. know, oh yeah, yeah. On yeah. TBS, yeah. Sure. Sullivan's yeah. son. Yeah. Yeah. And um and. And and I was like going through Gelson's today, and I was like, I, and I'm in the middle of a bunch of other stuff. But I'm like, what if none of that stuff pans out? Like, am I comfortable being the dude who does stand up and works on Travel Channel, and that's and that's the height? Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh my god, I'm in. I'm shopping in a Gelson's. That's a high end store. <laughs> like, I should really be respectful of the fact that I can pay for food. Sure. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm actually totally cool with where I'm at right now. Yeah. Like, well, I don't need it to get better. The fucking man cave you got here. Yeah. I don't need it to be like. I don't need it to be. I don't need to have the million dollar house. Like, right. you know, I think, uh, you know. Well, first of all, this is a fucking million dollar room we're sitting yeah, in. God yeah. damn it. As long as I have this man cave, I think I fucking got I it. I don't care. Okay. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, like when you guys go on set to do a movie, you guys are doing a new movie. Can you talk about it at all? Uh, well, we're going to do Super Troopers 2 is the movie we're going to do. Don't you have another one too coming out? Um, um, no. What? What are you thinking about? Maybe it, maybe it already came out. Which one? Baby Ma- Makers? What? Are you talking about Baby Makers? No. A uh, Fat Man Little Boy? No, I don't know. Are you talk- which one? Are you talking? What are you talking? Might be. I might have. I might have misread it from somewhere else. Um, something about. Uh, something about a rock star. A rock star. No. Uh, okay. So wait, Super Trooper Trues is coming out. When's yeah, that's that the one. That's the one that, I, that we're working on now. Okay. And when do you guys go into production? Well, we're still figuring out. I mean, it's kind of a like it was kind of a long process where. You know, there was a time where we wanted to do it, then they wanted to do it, and it got went back and forth. And then, uh, and then there was a lawsuit, and so the guy who put the money up originally for the movie sued the studio, and uh, so they didn't want to talk to us during that time period. And so now everything's gotten resolved now. Okay. And so uh, within like the last month, and so oh, nice. now uh, uh, we've written the script, and so we're just we have to go raise money and uh, to shoot the movie. And so that's the. So the so plan right, is this. So are you guys going to do Kickstarter? I don't know. I mean, there, there, people are talking about it. There's so much blowback on it, but yeah, people. There's are so talking much blowback, about it. but it's like it's like let the fans to I pick agree. the product they want. Yeah. I agree. If if somebody wants to kick in money, then then that's their thing, you know. Yeah, this is different. Like the the, the studio. The, the great thing is that the studio has agreed to distribute the movie. That's that's like the the final piece. That's of the can you can you can you put just for because I know that I I know that I barely know, but like for people listening. Yeah. How, give like do the simple arithmetic of how a movie is made and shown and who's important and where what pieces need to happen. Yeah. In terms of like financing the movie together, like, I mean, well, like, usually there's the different in Hollywood, the the studios like Fox and Warner Brothers and Paramount and whatever they pay for the movie and then they distribute the movie, put it out in the movie theaters. The independent world, which is where we came from, is when you raise the money yourself from whoever, friends, family, whatever it is, you make the movie and then you sell it to the studio and they put it out. Yeah, and remember, and and distribution. There are two parts. There's, well, there's the the production money. The studio will pay for the actual movie itself, and then they have to pay for the promotion, the the, the, like the advertising and all that shit. So there's two there are two big pieces of money that you need. Okay. And so basically, what happened here with Super Troopers was Fox, who who owns the rights to Super Troopers because they released the previous one, they said, "We'll, we'll tell you what, we'll put it in the movie theaters, we'll distribute it for you, but we don't want to pay for the making of the movie. Like we don't want to we don't want to." 
pay for the budget. So you have to go find that money on your own. So this is Super Troopers. This the is Super Troopers 2. No, two. Uh, Super, okay. Yeah. okay. Super Troopers 1, quickly. Uh, we made it ourselves for a million and a quarter, yeah. and then we sold it to Fox Searchlight at the Sundance Film Festival. They spent, I think, it was three and a quarter is what their purchase price was. So our investors got their money back and made a profit. And then I'd say Fox probably spent, let's say, $10 million bucks to, to advertise the movie. And, uh, and they put it on, what was it, like 1,100 screens or 1,800 mm, screens? 2,000, I think, yeah. Okay. And, so, and then they made the money, and then they put it out on DVD and, and did it that way. Uh, in this case, they're not gonna, there's no upfront money. There's no advertising money. Which is why this Kickstarter thing is so interesting, because basically Fox said to us, we'll put it in the theaters for you. You just have to go raise the money for the movie itself and for the advertising of the movie. Uh, you're, that's on you. Yeah, and by the way, that's if not, you can do that, awesome. That's not an ungrateful position that the studio is taking. It's actually a pretty good deal because what happens is, you know, when a studio buys your movie, like they did at Sundance, they'll spend that money to purchase it and to advertise it. But then any money it makes is going into their pockets, and you know, for one reason or another, you're not going to participate in the profits. Just a, a bottom. A, a, a basically, yeah. it's so, a rule. So on. So for. So basically, the, you guys don't have any back end points on Super Troopers. No, we, we, have, we like, do have them. Yeah, but they're very like. We've never really made any money off. No, because they okay. can say you know look it's it's not it's not that that studio is doing anything that nobody else. Yeah, it's do. just the way the business is run. Yeah, and but you like au- that, you let's say them. that movie has grossed them like a hundred million dollars, and then you get the bank statement, and they say they're still in debt three million dollars. Yeah. yeah, and so which, that means you're not going to get shit. You know, so, which makes sense if you have a company and you're putting out ten products a year, and six of them are failing, but the other four are turning a profit. That profit is going to go into the entire company, and yeah. you're going to figure out a way to cook the books, whatever. Yeah, it is. that makes sense. <clears throat> yeah. So in this case, it's good because the, the studio is saying we'll give you the biggest piece that you need to get your movie made, which is distribution. We'll let people see your movie. That's huge. Yeah. But you have to raise all the money. The nice thing about it is that then the money actually goes through us, and we just pay them a distribution fee. Okay. So conceivably, we could make better money this way. We certainly don't have any. Interference with the studio, like we can make the movie we want to make, and then but you also have to pay for promotion. Yeah, so the hurt, do they that's have the do they have a say in how much you have to pay for yeah, promotion? So they give you a they give you a floor of like you have to if we're going to put it in this amount of theaters, you have to spend at least this much money for promotion. Now, where do you do you do you guys know people to call to raise money? Yeah, so like you know, I mean, over the years, you know, you run into a lot of people like Saudi and, princes. Yeah, Saudi princes, hedge fund uh, owners. Oh, you know? Prince Azwar Al Shaki, that's your boy. Yeah, he's my boy. Yeah. Wait, are you being serious about that, human? <laughs> no, 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 I just. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, there's really a Saudi prince yeah. that you guys know? No, oh, yeah. And you guys yeah. have to show up in the Super Trooper <laughs> outfits and hang well, out with them at dinner? The funny thing yeah. is, like, there are so many people who are fans of it. Like, any dude, any, like, 35 year old dude who runs a hedge fund right now is a fan of Super Troopers, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, we run into these people, and, and yeah, they're fans, and. And and there is a track record for, for that movie. There are hard numbers that people can look at and see if it's a good investment for them. And so we're hoping it's not going to be that hard to go out and find the money to make it because there's people with money out there who are fans. Yeah. But the, the bottom we'll line see, is the studio we? has said to shoot this movie, you have to a minimum of $5 million to shoot and a, million, a minimum of ten to promote. So we have to raise a minimum of $15 million. Which we don't have that money, so it's not the Zach Braff. Like the blowback yeah. will come; they'll say, "Oh, why don't these assholes just do it themselves?" We don't have that money. <laughs> yeah, I wrote a check. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I had it, I would fucking do it. <laughs> yeah. If I had fifteen, yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, 
But we don't have that. And so the Kickstarter thing actually seems like a perfectly legitimate way to do it. You know, there will be some... Because there's such a huge kind of cult fan base, yeah. you know? But our prizes are going to be fucking awesome. Like, we're talking about... Like, you get to make out yeah, with you, Kevin. No, you get 69 with Lemmy. That's, those are both good prizes. Oh. It's hard to say, which would you rather do, 69 with me or make out with him? Wow. Definitely 69 with you. 69 with you. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely 69 with you. The, uh, we, I, I, raised, uh, I raised like 40 grand on Kickstarter to make a documentary nice. about me going on the road, and our prizes were ridiculous. What were they? Were One they? was workout with me in my man cave. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll, go, I'll take you through a private workout. We had a barbecue in my backyard. And did did you do that? Did you? Oh yeah. Did somebody work out here? Oh or yeah. Anything? Oh yeah. We did it all. What was? How much did you have to donate to work out with you? And your I have cave? no clue. I want to say like like two grand or like okay. three grand. And did you have a goal? What was the? What was our the, goal? Was I think our goal was like. Uh, but you have to you have to get over the. Goal, I think our right? goal was twenty grand, and I okay. we think we raised forty. That's great. And yeah, and, and you so shot it. Yeah, we shot it. It's a, it's uh, we're still editing it. You know, the guys who directed it and, and shot it were both editors, so they're now extensively Sifting going through. through but it, yeah. but things have changed because now Kevin Hart made his movie, yeah, and it came out and he like earned thirty three million the first week. I know. And they're like, and so I think we may try to see that. I don't know anything about movie business, but we may try to pair up that documentary with a with a theater shoot. And and idea. sell it to like Showtime so or something. Documentary though, it's not any stage material. It's just it you, is stage oh, material, okay. but it's me working on the stuff that is going to be my next hour. Okay, like me telling. I don't know if you've heard the story about when I was involved with the Russian mafia. No, Mm-mm. I robbed a train in Russia when I was a kid. And <laughs> How so, old kid? How old kid? Twenty two. Okay. And so I went to Russia and we robbed a train. Anyone listening to this podcast <clears throat> has definitely heard this story. I, I, but it's uh, it's a very notorious story. It got me a book deal. Okay, <clears throat> got me. Uh, a tentative movie deal, and and so it's a it's a really great story. Uh, uh, but I started telling that story right when this documentary started. I started telling it on stage. Okay, and so the telling of it on stage is really like you really see how the progression of how much better it gets. Now when I tell the story, it it's it's always been twelve to fifteen minutes. Yeah, but it's now it's twelve minutes of laughs from beginning to end. Oh yeah, I love and it's that. got a really that. tight ending. Yeah. and it's like now people come up and they're like, "Dude, I saw you a year ago when you were telling that story's gotten so much fucking better." Yeah. And you're like, "We have the same." Well, now is thing. that because yeah. like you are, I would say, obviously putting in some embellishments or finding out. Like, nope. Oh, so you're just it, I, you, you want you want even hear, you want even hear something crazier? Yeah. is uh, people have heard it. Uh, that were in that class. I robbed my class on a train. We robbed a train with the Russian mafia. Okay. I did by my by myself. Mm-hmm. And then we robbed my class too. And people that were in that class are now posting on Facebook since they've heard that. And they're like, by the way, I'm one of Bert's classmates. That's 100% true. And so it's gotten, it's, 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 it's gotten even like... Did you hold them up with a fucking bandana and a gun? <clears throat> no, we robbed them at night. Just like a, any European train robbery. You never <laughs> robbed a train in Europe? Come on, guys. Come on, man. <laughs> we gassed them. So, uh, <laughs> what a rube I am. But, so, <laughs> so emba- I'm sorry to embarrass Live us, your life, Lemmy. No, so, uh, so, but it, uh, in telling it, what I've done is I've simply learned... What works, what doesn't work. Sure. Like I used to, when I first told it, I never... Based on audience response. Yep. I ne- and then you do want something one time, and then someone says something to you. Like there's a, there's a moment where a teacher, I robbed the bar cart, and the teacher's yelling at me, and she's in front of these two gangsters. She's like, that's so inappropriate, mister. You stand up right now. And then the big gangster, Igor, takes a sip of vodka and spits it in her eye and says, no one talks to the machine like that. And so, <laughs> oh, but... but uh I used to say face, and then one night I said I, and I got a big laugh, and this kid I was with pulled me aside, and he goes, just so you know, man, you've been saying face the whole time, but when you said I, it said, we got big laughs. 
now it's fucking eye every sure, single time. Sure, yeah, and then yeah, and, awesome. and then you just learn you learn the pacing of it. You learn what got the laugh. You learn yeah. and you know a lot of it was I got tired of telling it and I just started saying, guys, we're gonna take the long and windy road and tell the story a new way and see if I can find something else. So I tell it back to end. I tell it front to you know I I'd, I'd start in the middle. Tell you like I tried it every way to do it. But well, that's uh, okay. So that goes to a point that I think is the irony of stand-up comedy. And now, see, Kevin has heard this a million times out of my mouth. That's okay. But, like, you know, stand-up comedians, your your whole goal is to put together your 45 minutes or your hour, whatever it is, so you can either go headline or you can shoot a special. Yeah. Whatever it is. And so it's that. You have to figure out how to make your set as tight as possible and nail it, nail it, nail it, which is what we're all doing, and I love that. There's nothing mm-hmm. like standing out there and, and just killing it for 45 minutes or an hour or something. On the other hand... It goes like against everything that we talked about at the beginning, which is like the thrill of going out there, not knowing if something's going to work. You do it, and it gets a huge laugh, and you're like, wow, that was fucking awesome. Or you don't, and you're like, I'm never going to use that again, mm-hmm. which to me is the true adrenaline thrill of stand-up comedy. And so it always seems to me that like heading to that place that you're talking about it, like runs counter to to what is the true joy of stand-up comedy, which is like at a certain point you are going to get – you're not doing the true thing that makes you love it. Well, because you keep doing it over and over again? Well, because now you're out there at a certain point, especially like when you get to that final show where you're shooting your special or something. You're it's, out it's there. It's a very interesting perspective in that the product that you're going to show – the Amer- show America is not actually what you've been doing for a year, and it's not what you enjoy doing. It is simply a reflection of what yeah. it lo- should look like. Uh, it, but it's it, fine, though. It's a, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, no, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's all good. There's yeah. nothing bad about it, but yeah. like, it's those, when we, like, we shot a special um, for Netflix, yeah. Fat Man, Little Boy. I had the punchline last year. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, at that point, we had been doing that show for like a year and a half or something like that, and it was honed, and we did it. And and it was always great. You'd go out there, you know which parts fucking really kill as opposed yeah. to just kill, and you go out there and do it. And then we started working on our new show, the one that we're doing now. And uh, I had forgotten how fucking great it was to get out there with like what is potentially a big steaming pile of shit yeah. and go out there and you do it and you're like, oh no, it actually is a big steaming pile of shit. But it felt fucking great to yeah, do but then that. Then you find the things like face versus eye. You find that yeah, like things, it's it's know? it's funny. And well, I think the what the difference is, and I, or not the difference, but the thing that I think a lot of guys get stuck in. A lot of guys get addicted to killing, and they simply don't have the balls to try yeah. new things. And I think that I, I definitely am on the other side. I'm addicted to discovering new material. I'm addicted to writing. I'm not addicted to like I write more. I, I would venture to say I probably write more than. I have. I am so all over the map right now that if I did all the material I'm working on for this next hour, I'd be on stage for three and a half hours, like no questions asked. Yeah. But now that's also the other problem is that when I go to tell a story, like I, tell, I do a lot of storytelling uh, is probably the meat of what people are coming to see. Yeah. And so when I tell a story, it's like machine stories, 12 minutes. I fought a bear one time and that's like an eight minute story. Um, I was I ju- you know jumped out of a plane with Rachel Ray. That's a ten minute story. So like <laughs> right. these are like so that's that's already like we're already at like thirty eight minutes. <laughs> right, right. So like so uh, what I find like my last show my Sunday show in Phoenix this week was one of my favorite shows Where I've had you? in a stand up live. live. Yeah, one yeah. of my favorite shows I've had in a long time. But 
let's let's just say none of that could be used for the hour. Mm-hmm. It was just a beautiful moment of the Trayvon verdict had just come in, right? And and I had this old black dude with a old with his gaiters on and a and a big hat, and he was game. And I had an old white guy, and he was game. And I brought them on stage, and we played it. Like these are the things that people talk about, but you'll never recreate because it was so beautiful. Yeah. We said, I said. I said, I said the premise of it was that if I could bring you two together, and I don't think the white guy's racist, and I don't think the black guy's racist, but if I could bring you two together, then we will get somewhere. So I said, what we'll do is I'll tell the story of one, me losing my virginity, and I want you to simply do yours exactly the same way, but tell your story. It's almost like ad-libs. And I said, uh, I lost my virginity when I was 18. Mm-hmm. I handed it to the white guy, and he goes, I lost my virginity when I was 22 to my wife. And everyone cheers, right? <laughs> okay. I give it to the black guy. I lost my virginity at 12. <laughs> and I said, mine was quick. Uh, mine was quick, uneventful, and in the missionary position. And uh, the white guy goes, I won't share the events because my wife's in the room. Give it to the black guy. He goes, mine was too, uh, too uh, Curtis Mayfield doggy style. <laughs> you're just like, this guy painted such Perfect. a fucking picture Perfect. that you're literally yeah. like, the place is humming. You can feel it hum with energy. Yeah. And, and you're excited. And then shots are on stage. We're doing shots. We play the songs that we lost our virginity to. Mm-hmm. And they both dance on stage. I vined it. And it was like, oh, it was okay. chaos. We get off. And we get off and it was like, and it's like, everyone's like, that fucking, you can't videotape. Like that, you're yeah. never going to translate no, that. Yeah. Even even in documentary style, it's not. Yeah, it's hard to capture. It's yeah. hard to capture, but those yeah. moments are what live stand-up's about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and I think, you know, uh, but you're right. It is. It is not indicative of what you, you're. You're showing a product that is not indicative. My buddy Cowhead is a big radio guy in yeah. in Florida, oh, yeah, in Tampa, right? Yeah. That yeah, we've done a show. Oh, he's in town. Oh, he oh is? great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 he's in town. He's uh. Cowhead and Kevin had a, like a, had their own love affair going on. Really? Yeah. yeah. He, he was so he was so into Heffernan because Kevin was a, a bigger fellow, and he was like giving me shit for being a little skinny fucker. <laughs> really? Yeah. And he he's was, an, and he's he was letting t- me know it. He's doing Steve Burns uh, sitcom right now. Oh, is he? Oh. Yeah. Is he uh is he friends with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. Burn from Florida? No, no, no. We're all we're we're all uh I, I toured for Jameson Irish Whiskey for a couple years and Steve and I toured together oh. and Cowhead didn't like Steve originally. He was like, He's standoffish. And I was like, No, he's it's just Steve, trust me. And so <laughs> I think they're shooting right now. I was gonna give him a call. Um but uh uh and so we went to Ireland together, me, Steve uh, of all the people with the Jamison tour and then Cowhead show and then a bunch of radio guys and we fucking got so we partied Jesus so Christ. fucking hard God, and they fucking fell in love and now they're, they're really good friends okay. that, that sounds I mean that's just a ridiculous trip that's that's the only thing you, that's the only thing I will tell you that you uh, that 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 you that I would say you should regret out of not doing stand up is getting to tour with other stand ups yeah. and yeah. getting to know other stand ups because it's one of the greatest things about about you know this business is that I've worked with so many different people yeah. that that all started at the same ground level. You know, all open mic'd, all had to do bringer shows, all had to. That there's this common bond that you when you run into them in the airport, you pick up like your like your fraternity brothers, and you're like, yeah, you're yeah. like, where did you just come from? Like Phoenix, like shut up, like Moshe, <laughs> Ka- you know Moshe Kasher, Moshe Kasher yeah. and I were texting uh, Sunday morning or Saturday morning about our weekends. Uh-huh. He was in Scott stand up Scottsdale, and I'm in stand up live, oh, yeah. okay. and we're just going back and forth. And Moshe and I really don't know each other that well, uh-huh. but we know each other well enough to be able to talk back and forth. Like it, it just it's it's the only cool thing that I will say that having started stand up that I'm happy about is this, this yeah, brotherhood. No, I, I think that's true because like even to this day we travel together. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like a weird kind of insular, I guess. Do you guys have, do they bring comics to open for you or is it just you two? Uh, so, uh, sometimes we bring a guy. Sometimes they have, you know, most times local guys. Sometimes, I mean, our show's like 85 minutes. So sometimes it's just like we just have an MC. you know? Fuck. I kind of want to see you guys live now. Pretty good. Hopefully, everyone listening to this podcast is like, "Fuck, I'm in." Ta- My numbers are really big in Seattle, so hopefully, it'll be pouring out. Tavern, so yeah, you guys, right. say hi to them. Buy them a shot. Do you guys do shots still? Yeah, well, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's funny because you know you make a movie called Beer Fest, and that's what you know people just want to get you fucked up. Yeah, but we had a bad experience. Like, yeah, where, where were we Stan- Stanford City. and Sons? Stanford and Sons? Yeah, in Kansas, you know, Kansas City. Yeah. And we were doing that club and. uh it was like the Thursday night show, and you know, like the first night out, you're like, "Let's go, let's go big." The first oh yeah, night. oh yeah. And so, like, the shots start coming onto the stage. You know, he's so the way our show is structured in that case was that Heffernan was going. We'd come out together, then like Heffernan I'll, would like, "I'll do a half hour." Yeah, then we would. I would come out. We join. I join him for like a two man for like 15 minutes, and then I'd stay on and do the final half hour. By the time I got on stage, there were fucking empty shot glasses across yeah. across the floor. Yeah. Where they had been this Thursday night, they it's had that just, thing where one comes and then somebody gets the idea. Oh, I'm gonna send one too, and then all of a sudden you get all these fucking shots coming at you. Yeah, but then on the stool, on my stool, waiting for me were the counterpart to those empty ones, <laughs> like all these fucking shots, which I then had to do, and then I had to keep doing more shots once he had left the stage. Right. So he blacks out on stage. <laughs> on stage, about ten minutes into my set. And the owners are freaking out. I don't know if you know those guys, the, the Glaziers. Do you know them? Yeah. And, uh, don't, don't, you, and, uh, no, don't say their name. Don't say their name. They're going to kill us. Well, they, they will kill the us. They, they own the club, right? But the guys, the brother's freaking out because you're going way over your set, and he wants to go home, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, and so it's like, he's coming up to me. He's like, get him off the stage. And I'm like, he's doing a really good job, man. Like, he's killing. He's, he's killing. But he's blacked out, and I can tell. I can well, yeah. tell. But yeah. also killing in a different way, because it, luckily the crowd... Like the way the elephant man, man killed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there a lot. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'll show you a picture of me and Ralphie shirtless in Nashville <laughs> two, four weeks ago, and you'll be like, ah, oh, that's elephant man killing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Like, because the crowd, they they did it to me. Yeah. Every They're joke is like... It. They're fucked up. Fuck yeah, they yeah. love it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, ah, because the thing I... So, oh, I don't even fucking remember that joke. Fuck, you guys fucking rule. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, so the dude's like go get go pull him off the stage i was like let me tell you something if i walk out onto that stage right now it's going to be an extra 15 minutes of him making fun of me yeah you know what i mean it's not going to do what you want it to do you know <laughs> and he's like i don't give a shit and then i he, can't use my powers for good right now <laughs> and so i walked i did i walked on stage and but it he's was like, shit-faced too. yeah and i'm sure and now he makes fun of me and the crowd loves it now the dude just walks up with a flashlight stands in front of the stage and just hitting you with the flashlight yeah and then you realize it was time to get out. Then you got off. You made out with a tranny, and then there we went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the stories that. Those are the stories that are the road. Yeah. Those See, are, we've done it. Yeah, that's We're it. That cheating. is it. Let me tell you something. If I had a nickel for every time I had one of those nights where it was like so, someone in the Haitian mafia got on stage with a bottle of tequila, and he's like, "This fucker's drinking it." And you're like, "I don't know what accent I just did. I'm not real good with accents." I like it. Yeah, no, that was nice. Yeah, it sounded Haitian. It was there was Crayol in there. Uh, did you have you guys done the Miami Improv? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Different. <laughs> Improv. Uh, I, I, that's where I learned. That's where you learn. You cannot go up with a set list. You need to be able to go in with whatever energy they're bringing in there and be like, whatever you want is what we're doing. By the yeah. way, the only N bomb I've ever dropped on stage was in Miami at the Improv. 
And I dropped it twice <laughs> because the first night I meant the word to be pronounced N I G G A Z. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was based on a poster. I'd say, I'm not going to do it now. But uh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like a thing. It was like the Celtics had come down and the whole cannibalism thing with the bath salts had happened. And, and there's a Miami thing made fun of it. So I just repeated their joke and it fucking killed because I, yeah. I said that word properly. Yeah. It's it's like, uh, you know, I, like I am. That word is so loaded these days. You can't even use it in yeah. context in a story sometimes. Yeah. But I will say, and in Miami Improv, if you can show them respect using that word, they will give you respect back. Oh, well, but yeah. that is a fucking, that is a really thin line to talk yeah. on. Well, that's what happened. The first night. The, <laughs> the first night, night it worked. The next like, night you drop an ER. It didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Oh, shut up. He's yeah. like, he, afterwards, he's like, holy fucking shit, are you crazy? I was like, they worked though. He's like, God damn, please don't do it again. And the next <laughs> night, I'm out there and I do it, but with an ER and it doesn't oh. even come out as, as, it didn't come out properly. Right. Oh. And then it's like, you know, your in laws were in the crowd. And, oh, uh, yeah, fuck. Yes. This story could only get better. <laughs> in laws were there. And it's like, and you know how it is. It's, it's like you're just making eye contact with every angry black person that has now heard you <laughs> yeah. do that fucking thing. And it's like a couple people have walked out, you know, the whole thing. And, and it's like, and you're fucking sweating. Oh, <laughs> and, you're, and all of a sudden the Miami heat kicks in. You're like, I shouldn't have put sunscreen on my face earlier. Oh my it's God. pouring down. Yeah. But my wife is from Miami. And actually, like, I mean, the crowds are just, Baby, you did good. Baby, you did good. Yeah, she come on, player. You was I. <laughs> The uh, She's I, Cuban. I was. Is your wife Cuban? Mm-hmm. Yes. The um that then <laughs> I'll I'll tell you that after. So uh, no no go no, ahead. No, no. <laughs> your in laws are like I don't want to say what's wrong with it. <laughs> no, no, no. I grew up with all Cuban kids, and it was like it was like that's uh, that's where my my I think my racial. Uh, Litmus came from was yeah. Cuban kids. <laughs> and they, okay. they were the least politically correct yeah, of yeah. anyone I grew up with. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. like. Uh, but um, the Miami Improv, there was a, a dude in the front row. I, was, I went in. It was all Latino, like not entirely all English speaking crowd. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was the only white dude on like with four Latino dudes in front of me. Everyone doing as much time <laughs> as they possibly wanted, and I had to do an hour at the end to close it. How long was the fucking show? Ugh. Like hours? It was, an, it was a nightmare. It was oh a cluster fuck. Okay. And uh, but I learned that that I was working on material, and I and the first night I bombed. Second night I bombed. Third night, and I'm talking like like um, I can I can promise you you don't know what this bombing's like yet like this bombing is <laughs> hey I know I'm actually pretty good at this but I can't fix it like <laughs> I, I'm a mechanic under a cargo my thumbs aren't working so and I start sweating and so then the next show I go up and this girl and I, I the, even my name sounded weird it was like keep it going for Bert Kreicher <laughs> and so this girl goes I get out and she goes ah oh, just show us your dick and I was like fine so you know the green room's attached I go me me in the green room go in i swear to you i literally hand her the mic i have no moves i know i'm not being funny this weekend right. hand her the mic undo my pants show her my dick in the green room the mic is in the green room okay and for the grace by the grace of god she says into the microphone it's humongous and i hear the place go bananas i'm like oh 
I walk out, another girl, let me see your dick. I go, come on back. Oh, Show her another shit. one. And she says, and I'm, it is not big. She goes, it's bigger than my boyfriend's. Oh. Place goes bananas. And I was like, okay, so in Miami, anything fucking goes. Holy and I was yeah, like, yeah. no material here. Just do whatever. But that, that bombing in Miami hurts. Oh, yeah. oh that's that door. It, the door walks opens the green room. Right to the green room, like yeah. A, like a gate or something. Yeah. Walk, yeah, yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, God, luckily, w- yeah, yeah. It, it was fine for us because, you know, we we had family and friends there. <laughs> they supported us. But there's nothing like – I find uh, the guys who aren't into your show, they just tend to start falling asleep. It's when the girls are not into what you're doing, they look at you with fucking hate in their eyes. When girls uh, – there's – you know what's – and uh, I went and did something. I went to a country western concert, big, very big country western concert, and I had front row seats, and I was, I was shooting the show, and, and – um, the band up was like Kenny Chesney or something, mm-hmm. and I was like, I and I started like almost being proud to like my one of my producers. Like I don't even care about this music. Like I I could care less. Like how crazy like how crazy we're up here and I don't even care. Like I don't like it. I really don't. And I was I found myself becoming proud that I was dis that I was I was disinterested that right. I didn't like it. Right. Like In I the was front like, row. In the front row, and yeah. I was like, I was like texting, and people are going nuts. I'm like, I'm checking my Twitter, yeah. and I was like, holy shit, this is what fucking chicks do to me. <laughs> yeah. Like they go, I don't even fucking like this because it yeah. feels good to not like something. Uh-huh. It feels good to be like, don't don't get it, as opposed to becoming vulnerable and being a fan. I guess I'm always, like, but I'm always like, why the fuck are you here then? Right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. my thought. But like, Please. I watch girls, I watch girls texting now, and I'm just like, and like, there's two ways to go about it. Tasha's way was just kick them out. Yeah. Like Tosh would be. Tosh was bold. He'd just be like, you're leaving right fucking now. Right. And they'd be like, oh, and he's like, I hope you get AIDS. And they're like, what? And he'd be like, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, Who's right. next? And you're like, whoa. <laughs> right. And mine was always, so they'd be like, hey, guys, come on. Don't you like me? Right. Well, because, and this is, I wonder if Kenny Chesney had this experience. Like, when somebody's te- <laughs> texting or somebody's, I can see somebody doesn't like it, I just focus on them, not in the good way. I'm like, oh, my God, they hate me. It ruins the entire show for me. Yep. And I'm wondering if, if like, you ruined Kenny Chesney's experience. Like, if he sees the one guy who's texting, he's like, goddamn, what, what's my fucking problem? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck? This motherfucker. I watch Travel Channel. I know that fucking dude. Yeah. yeah. Fuck and, that guy. Yeah, no. I, the north, that guy. I, I ended up turning it around and going, I'm going to try to like this music. So I got a couple Bud Lights, and I was like, here we go. Then the Zach Brown band went on, and I knew the bassist. Uh-huh. He went to Florida State. He was a KA, I think. Or no, I think he was. I don't think he was an attorney. But he had a band, and I was like, all right. And then I was like, this is great. You know what? We have great seats. This is great music. Right. I was like, great showmanship. Like, and the beers are here. We're all having a good time. Fuck it. Right. So I tried to turn it around. I'm dying to see you guys do. Do you guys do anything in LA? We're, we're trying to figure it out now. I think we, in the uh, fall we're going. How far are you booked out now? We're, we're actually just. Uh, what you got? Uh, September. Yeah, a couple gigs in September. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I mean, we're, we talked to, to our agent about getting us some doing San Diego again, doing some Irvine, some Brea. Who are you guys with? Uh, Berkowitz. Is that CAA? APA. APA. APA? Okay. Yeah. Uh, for for stand up and. Uh, are you guys all represented together for Broken Lizard? No, no, we're in all different places now. Really? It actually, you know, it's like we had when we were all at the same agency. You had this thing where, like, if they were going to send you out on a talent audition, you'd all go on the same audition. Like you'd walk into the waiting room and it'd be him, me, and then the next guy. You know? <laughs> and that's kind of a weird. Yeah. You know, we're with the same agent now. We're we're with UTA. And it was oh, funny. who are you with? Uh, Don't say his name. Don't say his name because uh, I might be with him and not remember it. Okay. <laughs> 
it's that guy. You know, I love guy. I love UTA. It's that guy. I absolutely love. I'm a, I'm with them across the board. I just left CAA for them. Not just, but did they do I couldn't your be booking stuff? Happier. No, you that was my live comedy stuff. Parrot. Oh, my booking. Yeah, yeah. Heidi. Heidi does my booking. Okay. I love her. Um, my book was through Paradigm. Oh, my yeah. travel deal was through CAA, and then. Um and now we're renegotiating. Ooh, I probably shouldn't talk like that. Yeah, what do you talking well, yeah, about? Yeah, we're, we're give away, to give away secrets. Man. Yeah, we're free. We're, yeah, we're, so I, the now UTA person books you uh, live comedy. Yep. Okay. That, it, that's new there, though, right? Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Did you, did you dump someone? To yep. Am I not at liberty to discuss this? No, I'll talk about with? it. Is it? Is it anyone that we know? Nope. Matt Frost. I was with him for like 15 years. He was like one of my best friends. And the ICM? Yeah, no, CAA. CAA. And I was just like, I was like, you know what? I was like, I, t- I met Heidi. I liked Heidi. Uh, I liked the guys at UTA, and I didn't. I was not necessarily happy at CAA. I felt like it was a really big company. And yeah, sure. Unless you had a $200 million deal, they were like, yeah. it was very hard to get them to pay attention. And I literally was like, you know what? I sat down at CAA or at UTA, my first meeting. And they sat down. They were like, by the way, we love your podcast. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, you guys listened? And they're like, fuck yeah, we listen. We want you to be a client. We're like, you're, you're funny. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, and I was like, those are the channel markers in life where you know you're going in the right direction. And you're like, okay, I'll keep that on my right, keep that on my left, and I'll get to see okay. Like, and, and, uh, and yeah, I've, I've, I, they have not made a misstep. My nothing but good stuff has happened to me since I've been with them. That's awesome. Yeah, and, I, and absolutely. And you like the way they're booking you. I like, the, I like everything about That's them. Right. I like everything about them. I mean, my, my career, my stand-up in a weird way books itself in, in that I've been working the same 40 clubs sure. for 10 years. Yeah. So like I will always, I can always work at those clubs. So and we can't bring certain club owners up and talk smack about them. No, you can. I'll talk to you about anybody. <laughs> have you have you played um, uh, off the hook, Captain Brian's off the hook? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck! Oh, what a great fucking oh! I've been playing off the hook. Oh boy! Since. You've done it more than once. I did it. See this. See this is the one part you guys never. You guys never got to like. I did it when I when I really needed the money and right, no one would sure. headline me and he brought me down to headline. You had to stay in a condo yep. that was really a house he was renovating. Yeah, and there was no electricity. The condo's and he, great. And he was like, yeah. he was like, and you had to take taxis into the club. And they didn't have a stage yet. They just had a microphone. They hadn't even built out. It was just a microphone okay. in what is what is technically half of that bar. Yeah, and people didn't know that were stand they were stand up there yet. And you were just talking. They're like, who the fuck is this yeah. guy? So I mean, my not on a claws. stage. You're at fucking floor. You're level. at floor level. Oh my god. And and. And and but Brian and I got along really well. Brian and I get along really well. I but I will tell you that is not that is not for the faint of heart. That club, no. that club. Well, because it's funny because because like, we were talking to Todd Glass the other day and he just went and played it for the first time, which is kind of weird to us because you know Todd's you know done he's he's paid his dues. But Brian I mean? Brian's club was um, Brian's a dude from the up up north I think yeah, Boston, Boston. Yeah, he's got the and he's a guy who was just looking to simply. Uh, take his his seafood restaurant to the next level. Yeah, and so what what that would do in essence is you do two shows on a Saturday night and you're getting to turn your customers out. Right. So as opposed to people coming down and spending all night having a bottle of wine, right. you get to clear the room, run, clear the room, and bring in another group. And it was doubling his profits. Yeah. So it was a genius move on his part. And I think he learned the business through Joel, who owns the Miami Improv, yeah. and yeah. by and cutting his own teeth his own way. Yeah. But uh, but there are still things that that club does not offer that a regular stand up club simply yeah. finds mandatory. 
Yeah. Like like crowd control. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a dude. Like people not wrestling with lobster claws right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is not. Uh, a kitchen 10 feet away. Uh, no, kitchen, kitchen, kitchen is, a, is a compliment. It is an open air raw bar. Yeah. That is, hey, we need two yeah. of this. Yeah. Blenders go off. And like, but it is, it is, that's the road, man. That's what the road's like. Yeah, <laughs> we did that weekend. I, I mean. If you got that, through it, then you can do any fucking well, club we in the did, country. But we're like, we'll probably won't go, go back there again. But now you tell me you've been there like six times, man. Oh, I always go back. Brian, I get a kick out of Brian. Well, the, Brian the makes me laugh so my beautiful. dick off. His parents are cool as shit. The location's great. Mm. There's a. Uh, like going down there is kind of like a vacation. Yeah, I, and I and it you is. Know, we we went there. We we, we met his uh, girlfriend or whatever. Right? I don't know if it's his wife now or whatever it is. Yeah. His second wife or whatever his girlfriend. And uh, it's funny because like in the club, you look and there's all pictures of her with the comics, you know. And so uh, she came to our you know our Saturday night show. She's all dialed up, and we we're like, oh okay, we're gonna get the we we'll get our picture with the girlfriend up on the thing. <laughs> and she walked, and uh, Captain Ron or Brian walks up to us, and he's like. Uh, Hey, uh, my my girlfriend brought some friends with you. They want to take a picture, and so we took pictures with her friends. But she didn't wouldn't take a picture with <laughs> she, us. She held the camera. She held the camera. And we're like, oh, I guess we didn't fucking yeah. make the picture. And then we're like, you know, like they, you know, they walk out, and then we're like, oh, we're just waiting for her to get in and hand them the camera. No, then they just walk away. And we're like, oh well, okay, fuck it. She, yeah, Brian's a good dude. He's and and you know, it's but it's so funny. Like like this is what I love about Brian is like he doesn't he doesn't see like. He's a he's an entrepreneur at heart. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he is because he's opening a new club down sure. there that you will definitely do because it's in a theater and uh, it's got a podcasting uh, place. It's you'll want to do his new club because he's closing that one and he's opening up a theater. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So we should stop speaking badly. No, you're not, oh, okay. you're not speaking bad. Anything that you said here to Brian, but there's so many Brian knows about that. Like Brian, Brian knows. Brian's a very re- regular dude. He's a businessman. Like right. he's not he's not delusional about anything. Like he's like. Uh, he knows that when I have ru- I've had rough sets there, and he's yeah. seen them, and yeah. he's been like, "Ah, it sounds like they, everyone they is. kicked you in the dick, huh, bud?" <laughs> you're like, "Well, because yeah. because we, the openers that are there who play it regularly, you're like, this is the club that people come to and then want to quit, you know." And and it was one of the first times where we saw like them treat the openers like shit. Yeah, like they were like, "We're sitting back there, uh, and they got the menu, the whole menu with fish and all that shit on it," and they're like, "Okay, what do you want?" And we order something, you know, and like some fish or whatever. And then the kid you know, orders something. And they're like, no, no. Openers get chicken fingers. That's it. Just chicken fingers. <laughs> and like we felt so terrible for the poor kid. We just ordered like lobsters or whatever. And the kid could eat chicken fingers. We're like, the food there is pretty fucking we'll awesome. It's delicious. We'll the food's amazing. And you know, old school, you could have gotten Brian to take you fishing every day. Oh, really? Like that's old school Brian because he had a, fl- a fleet of boats. Wow. He was the most successful successful fishing captain in Marco Island. That's why he has the name. Yeah, that's how everyone knows Captain Brian. Captain Brian. Oh, you, he's, a, you have to call him Captain too. Oh yeah, and he's he makes me laugh so fucking hard. I get a <laughs> kick good. out of that dude. You'll you'll end up wanting to do that new club. And and trust Wait, me, where's say, the new club in Marco Island? He's, and he's oh, building a. a a theater. Like it is a, a real comedy club. Like a like a bananas. Like he's gonna. I think I don't. I, don't, I mean, I'm not gonna speak out of school, but I think it's gonna be pretty fucking amazing. We didn't feel like Marco Island necessarily had uh, like our crowd there or whatever. We, we couldn't. It, it was a lot of a lot of like older well, that is that is folks. That is the that is the uh, papered room. The papered room is what the majority of comics do for the first, you know, eight years of their career. Is yeah. you go in, they just give away tickets, and everyone's free. Yeah. And you've got to learn your craft at the hand of people that have this Caesar-like feeling of sure. of like, nah, eh, he's not that funny. Did you yeah. say the paper groom or the, the paper paper room? Papered room. Because I thought you were doing like you know how like the British 
people like you know the old time British slang is like you know a bunch of thieves. You call them a bunch of tea leaves. Yeah, I thought you were that was that's the brown. Bread. He's brown bread. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's a papered groom. Okay. No, uh, no. What you, what other clubs do you not like? Um, I would say. Let's see. There's that. Vinnie, oh, we did uh, Vinnie Brand, uh, the, the Stress Factory. I've never done Stress Factory. We did, I've, uh, I've canceled three times on him. So, like, just because of my, of my shooting schedule, but I'm going in to do it. But you got to understand, like, I don't. I've never done Vinnie Brand's room, but I know Vinnie Brand's a comic, and that's an O and A crowd. Have you ever done Opie and Anthony? Never. No. That's an O and A crowd, and O and A crowds are yeah. uh, are they're comedy fans, but they're unrelenting. Unrelenting. Have you ever seen Bill Burr's uh, Philly video? Which one is that? Is one? Where he like goes at it with somebody. Uh, when he goes at it with a with a stadium of full of people. Yeah, and yeah. he decides to spend fifteen minutes to tell the crowd yes. how much Philly sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the greatest comedy video ever, exactly. and he's like, "Fuck you guys, you're pieces of shit," yeah. and I'm gonna spend the next fifteen minutes telling you why. Yeah, yeah. And then he keeps telling them, and he keeps going back. Fourteen minutes. I got fourteen minutes left <laughs> to tell you guys what fucking you threw batteries at Santa Claus. You pieces of racist, heart disease. Like it's. Is one of the greatest, but that's that's O and A's fans is yeah. is that like yeah. that hardcore, like yeah, yeah they're hardcore they're called pests yeah but uh but they're they're good like when you go to like if they're on your side then that's fucking great yeah but it may sometimes you know sometimes they're not on people's side we did uh, fox the Foxwoods Club did you do that that might be comics. the worst that might that be, the, be worst the worst one ever. wait comics in New York or no it's a, it's comics in, fo- in Foxwoods uh, Connecticut the, I think the, I did uh, and casino. I think I I think I did and I think I did it. Um, Drunk. Two th- I'm going to say 2004 okay. during the blizzard. Do you remember the blizzard on the East Coast? Yeah. yeah. That was the biggest blizzard ever. Yeah. Uh, I pulled in just as it started snowing. It's <laughs> 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 an auspicious beginning. No one in this room. No, there was no one in this room. Right. There was maybe 18 people. Right. And there was a dude in we a... We did in a blizzard and there was only 18 people. We, we didn't do it in a blizzard. We only had 18 people. So, it was yeah. horrible. <laughs> and it was like... And, and at one point, there was a guy in a wheelchair and I had a joke at the time about... <laughs> about... Uh, about... See, it doesn't make any sense. Seeing the trailer for that movie Murderball, did you remember seeing Murderball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the trailer and I thought the guy said he got paralyzed from the waist up, but he said he got paralyzed in a truck, and I couldn't stop laughing at the premise of someone paralyzed from the waist up, just walking around, but like they could dance and stuff, but you couldn't communicate. Like, hey, right. lean him back so I can talk to him. So, right, right. and I made that, and a guy in a wheelchair, like electric wheelchair, was like, "That's enough for me." And then proceeded to yeah. out of the room, and you could hear Holy his shit, his hysterical. scooter moving, and it was so uncomfortable. We had, uh, like a similar situation when we were there, because what happened was uh, uh, nobody shows up to this thing because they're there to gamble. So they don't give a fuck. Yeah. By the way, I love your so, body language right thanks, now. Thanks, I'm relaxed. <laughs> Slouch I'm relaxed. as far as you can I go. Get the microphone right up in there. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, 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 so we, we're doing this uh, show there, and uh, Loretta oh, yeah. Lynn, Loretta Lynn, Shut you know, eighty nine is doing the theater. Right, we're doing the comedy club. She's doing the theater, right? And so, uh, uh, so what happens is she gets sick, and they ca- and they cancel her show, and so they comp everyone at her show <gasps> to our show. No, thank you. And we're standing there, and a fucking fleet of of those scooters and wheelchairs and dudes with t- nose hoses and fucking tanks of oxygen, blue hairs, rolling in, getting pit. Like I'm coming in here, but I'm not buying two drinks. You know that kind of shit. And it was. It was a nightmare of a show. It was like all people in their eighties. And our, our show's <laughs> dirty, you know. Like, yeah. and it's and look, we're just starting out. Our show 
is dick jokes. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, anyone can do dick jokes. And we're like, I guess so, because that's what we do. <laughs> I was my, my favorite line ever when I was a young comic. I heard David tell, tell talking about something about, uh, I, don't, I forget what it was, but it was something, maybe it was something a little political or whatever, and it didn't get a response. And he's like, hmm, he's got a dick. Why isn't he talking about it? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking think that so much on stage. He's got a dick. Why isn't he talking about it? I know. I sit there so many times. Like, am I talking about my dick again? Oh, we did. We had an assessment of our show for the Jameson tour, and they were like, "You guys um, talk about blowjobs entirely too much." I was like, "They're like, you guys sound obsessed with them." Like, we're four fucking dudes who are married. Yes, we are obsessed. Yeah. To this day, I'll talk about Foxwood show. My uncle came and he walked up to us and he said, "Uh, "Can I give you a critique?" He said, "Yeah." Not enough dick jokes. <laughs> he's being, being yeah, sarcastic. You know what would make your, your show better? Uh, uh, a few more dick jokes. <laughs> there are already so many. I know. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay, sorry. yeah. It's, and it's gotten worse. Like, uh, like, we've got more dick jokes in the new show. I know. Every time I think of a joke, it's a dick joke. So. Well, that's the problem is that, like, I try, like, I was listening, I was uh, listening to 95.5, the radio, the other day. What K-L-O-S. is that? KLOS. What is that? Uh, it's a radio station in Los Angeles. No, I know, but who? Oh, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Was, oh, is it a comedy radio station? No, no, it's a rock station. But like uh, at five o'clock, they have like the the funnies, the, the five o'clock five funnies. funnies. Okay. And so they had a thing about Jim Ga- Jim Gaffigan was on there, and he was doing a whole routine about swimming in hotel pools and all the people you meet in hotel pools. There's not one dirty joke in this. He went on for ten minutes, killing the crowd. They're loving everything, and I'm just I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, my brain doesn't work that way. Jim Gaffigan was is. But was so fucking funny when he first, like when when he was in New York and like not famous. Yeah, he would have That's, jokes. He was in Super Troopers. He, was he really? Yeah, he's in Super Troopers. Yeah, he was in uh, the. He's meow the scene. dude that we pull over and play the meow game with him. Oh so, wait, yeah, you know what? I've known I've known Jim for a really long time, yeah. and I, I'll he has jokes that I simply think about and giggle. Like he, I, every time I'm in New York going through a park, he's like. His joke was, uh, hey, ladies, back me up. Isn't it super sexy when you see one of those guys in the park and they got a snake around their, sh- around their shoulders with no shirt on and no applause? And he goes, all right, gentlemen, anyone want to buy a snake? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking so – every time I see a sna- anyone has a snake, all right, gentlemen, anyone want to buy a snake? <laughs> he's so fucking funny. <laughs> That's a, no, he's no, great, I mean, but he's clean. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, in real life, he's super dirty. But like I – so that's it. Like I'm I, really racist. Like he's re- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's here's the funny thing. We always tell this story, but like Heffernan had a fucking rivalry with him, which came from a unilateral rivalry. Yeah, before before we had done Super Troopers, it was five years earlier. Where we had our agents, and you know we'd be going out for commercial auditions, and Heffernan would always wind up being in the room going up against Jim Gaffigan, and he was he was the I, I want to say. In two thousand or in in ninety nine, yeah, he was, was the was he it. was the number one salesman yeah. in that. He, he had booked a, everything. He got Golden a title. Rock, Saturn, yeah. ESPN. He got every fucking campaign. He's that, he's amazing. Yeah, at being at being understated and funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's terrific. But that's his. And I got beat out on every one of those things by him. And so he was fucking against this guy. He hated this guy. <laughs> I did. I hated him. And then we, you know, we got the guy's headshot for Super Troopers. He's like, that's the fucking guy I hate. We're like, well, you know, he's coming in today. So Gaffigan comes in, nails the fucking scene, nails it. Yeah. And then we're like, God, I think it's got to be 
I think it's got to be. <laughs> ah, gonna love that too. <laughs> and he's trying to play. All four dudes are like saying that to me. And you, you know, you do get a veto card in the auditions if there's a dude that you have a fucking beef with. Yeah. You can be like, especially if you do it in advance, be like, I don't want this fucking guy. I don't like this fucking guy. Yeah. Let's dump him. This was a situation where like that veto card wasn't powerful enough to 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 destroy Gaffigan's fucking audition. That <laughs> audition was so good. We were like, dude, I tried. He fucking tried. I tried. <laughs> well, did. the truth is, the truth is, and I, I will say this that like uh, like I don't like I definitely I don't have any power at all in anything. But I know that everyone's respectful of like when we hire a new crew, everyone comes to me like. Because the truth is, you got to work with the person. Right. You got to be living with this person for the next fucking twenty weeks, and and you don't want to be with, around douchebags. Yeah. And if there is something like 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 uh, I, I can, or I'm dying to guess who your veto cards have been, and I'm I, I can almost guess them. I can almost <laughs> give you names, and you'll go, oh yeah, that guy definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, well, but, no, but so so on the set, so we're shooting so the highway. They stuff. cast Gavigan over my fucking veto. Yeah, over my veto. <laughs> So now you cut to the shooting of the movie. The first week is the highway stuff. So that's when Gaffigan shows up. And, you know, Gaffigan's in the car. We're all hanging out with Gaffigan, having a great time. Heffernan won't even talk to the fucking guy. He's off. And everyone's loving Gaffigan. Like, he's playing the fucking <laughs> piano during the lunch break. You know? Yeah. It's like, everyone fucking loves And we're like, holy shit, he's a fucking dirty dude. Yeah. He's got a dirty sense of humor. And hey, like, do you have an impression? Do you have an yeah, impression, yeah, Gaffigan? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But he's over. You just see him like standing by himself at the craft service table, like angry eating, you know, like trying to make himself seem like he's occupied with an activity, yeah. you know. And we're just loving Gaffigan. We'd yeah. go over there, and be like, "Man, he's fucking hilarious, yeah. Heffernan. You should come over." So finally, they tell him the story. They're like, "Well, here's the problem. He, Heffernan, you know, you're kind of Heffernan's nemesis. You know, he would go for every audition, and you would win the audition, and da 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 da." And Gaffigan looks at me. He goes, "Huh." I don't even remember you. And I'm like, fuck you, Gaffigan. <laughs> so that's our history with Gaffigan. I actually, though, like, it was funny because then when we were making Club Dread, I went to stand up New York Live, uh, you know, on 77th Street mm-hmm. on the west side of Manhattan and uh, to see another buddy doing stand up. And Gaffigan was there. He was headlining. And I saw him beforehand. I was like, hey, dude, you know, Super Troopers had come out and we, we chatted and everything. But then the entire show, his, you know, the little inner monologue voice he does oh. was like, why didn't put me in the movie why aren't i in the next movie i was in super troopers why can't i be in club dread and i'm sitting there like come on gaffigan and but the the full circle thing is the first and only movie that i directed i put gaffigan the in. slam and salmon our, one of our broken lizard movies yeah Did, was too. michael clark duncan alive during when that came out yeah. yes he yeah, died yeah. shortly thereafter he died uh it was about a year. Okay. I'd say a year after it came out. Probably. Well, or maybe two no, he, years. No, he died. He died last year. Well, he, right? died, he died. He died in two thousand twelve. Okay, so it's two years after uh, two thousand. Movie came out in two thousand nine. He, he yeah, was like three, three years. years. Okay, three years. Yeah, yeah. 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 And a great, super fucking dude. Yeah. yeah, super fucking dude. Yeah, we went around and pitched uh, that as a TV show after the movie came out with him. How come you guys haven't done a TV show? We we we've always uh, sold them and written them. We just never have gotten to the point where somebody wants to put it on the air. I guess. Really? Yeah. Every yeah. year we have a TV show. We've, we've done we've, a few. We've had a few broken laser TV sold, shows. Sold them the last couple of years. Yeah, Kevin and I've been doing the last two years. I mean, it's like, you know, look. I mean, it, the competition is fierce. I think one of the problems is we sometimes sell to the networks. Like the last two years, we've been at one of the major networks. And so, as opposed uh, to a studio, as opposed to cable. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So like. You know, when that happens, I mean, you're you're literally reading like what is getting picked up to shoot as a pilot. You know, and it's like, oh, the Michael J. Fox or the Roseanne Barr, or you know, and you're like, geez, there's no fucking way they're going for like these people, and they're and they're giving pilot com- or they're giving you know 
order commitments to people. And so it's like, yeah. it's, it's, that's a tough, the odds are stacked against you anyway to get in there. And then, you know, we've, we've done stuff on, on cable and it's like, I mean, you know, there can be any number of reasons. For I mean, we develop stuff for Comedy Central. We develop, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, all kinds. Of, just never. But sometimes an executive wants to, you know, like uh, put a note on it, you know, and they really want you to do it. And it's like you can tell it's just fucking ruining the whole thing. You know, they want it to go a certain way and it's just not the right way. I mean, you know, whatever it is. It hasn't happened yet. Do you guys have a broken lizard office that has like a ping pong table and a basketball hoop? We used to. We we had one at uh, Warner Brothers for a couple of years, and then we had one in Santa Monica for a while, and then we went on that trip. We went on that road trip, and we were gone for six months, and we were like, "Fuck it," and we just shut the we shut it down. Yeah, never opened it up again. Yeah, yeah, a year. No, a year we were gone. Yeah, and then maybe even over because then we shot that as a special for Comedy Central. Uh, you shot the the Broken Lizard tour as yeah. a Comedy Central special. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go online and check that out. It's yeah. probably online, right? Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. You guys so. missed that whole online uh, period. Yeah. What, the um, like just making viral, like getting a deal at, at like just making viral videos and trying to make shorts online. Yeah. No, we've, we he and I have been doing that lately. We're doing it really? now. We yeah. just we just got we on, just on shot a we just shot a, a web series. Me and him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's called. Uh, it, 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 it was based on this thing we were going to play a club in, in Cleveland. And we saw like a club, hilarity, uh, hilarity. Oh, that's a good club. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, we were in the airport, and we saw one of those guys who was like covered from head to toe with tattoos, like face tattoos. Every like not a spot on him that wasn't tattoo. We were in LAX, and like we're watching these kids walk by him, and like pe- people are talking about him, and people are horrified by him. We're like, God, you know, like what must it be like to be that guy? You know, like all these people are fully tatted, dude. staring at them. As it turns out. He's on our flight, and I'm sitting next to him. <laughs> and, like, we don't sit next to each other. Kevin and I don't sit next to each other on the plane. Yeah. Like, just because we're sick of each other on yeah. Sunday. And so Thursday we won't do it because we're like, we don't – we're going to save <laughs> yeah. our fucking exposure to each other. <laughs> right. And so I'm sitting next to this guy, and I'm looking back at Heffernan like, holy fucking shit, I'm next to the fucking tattoo guy. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy couldn't have been the nicer, nicer guy. Really? He was, he's talking about, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland and how, like, you know, he wishes Simon and Garfunkel would, you know, get along <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> I was like, more like Gigi Allen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, shitting on somebody, eating fucking. So, like, uh, he's a super nice guy, and we start to realize, you know, it's like, oh, well, maybe he's covered with all those facial tattoos because he's insecure, and you can you get a sense from talking to the guy that he's a little insecure. And we decided, hey, that's a funny idea for a character, and so we we made this character, this uh, web series about a dude, that dude, and his overbearing, heavier friend, who's <laughs> 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 played by Kevin Hefferton, uh-huh. and we call it the Adventures of Fatty and Taddy. <laughs> and, uh, so we just shot it, and we actually aired the first episode on Electus, and then we realized there was a union issue because we had done it, you know. In a, there was an issue, there was a legal issue, yeah, like everything else in our fucking lives. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled it down, and we've been negotiating, and it's we just signed the contracts. I just signed mine yesterday. Yeah, it's going back up again, uh, probably next month. Yeah, oh, so nice. they'll air it. We where, where shot can, six episodes. Where can people find it? So it's um, it's on a YouTube channel, Loud. Uh, okay, YouTube Loud. And so, um, and also, we put it on our website. We'll put it on. Uh, we have a website, heffernandlemmy dot com. Okay, here's what I want. This is what I want. I want to. Um... Oh shit! You are went full tilt. Yeah, I just, full I just, fat, I just showed Bert a photo of of uh, me as fatty. I, I, I swear to God, I'm looking at that and I can't see you in it. Yeah, I know. That's the funny thing. Yet we have you know funny little conversations with all. How long were you in makeup for this? In total. 
I would say, 14 hours. It was five and a half hours the day before we started shooting, and then another five hours in the morning. And then throughout the day, they just kept applying tattoos. Just What does it say on your fingers? Uh, Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. <laughs> D-N-G-N-M-S-T-R. God dang, that's insane. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Here's what I want to do, okay? Yeah. Um, what? If and when, when you guys get Super Troopers 2 up and running, up in production, I want to come in and audition for real. Okay. And okay. I, but no, but I want to shoot a short okay. where um, I want honest feedback about my auditioning skill prowess. <laughs> okay. okay. Like where I'm, not, not even like friendly, just like real. Like Louis C.K. did that to me one time, and it was so revealing. What do you mean? Like he, like he just was like, he was like, uh, he told goes, you what he thought of your audition? He didn't say it per se, yeah. but he did. He yeah. goes, can I tell you, we're in a car driving from West Palm, from Fort Lauderdale to West Palm, West Palm to Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And he goes, oh, we're talking about auditioning. And he goes, can I give you, can I tell you something that I hate after noticing, like being through a lot of people auditioning? And I'd audition twice in front of him. Okay. I was like, yeah, please. And he goes, I hate when people come in with a bag. And I hate when they come in with a coffee and then they put their bag down and then they put their coffee down and they try to do small talk. He goes, you know, I really just want to see who the best person for this job is. Right. I don't really care about your personality. I don't care about any of that. I want to see if you're the best person for the job. So, so do the read and then don't make it uncomfortable after we say thank you and you got to pick up and put on all your stuff. Right. He goes, leave it in the lobby. Just come in and do your read. Right. I and don't I was agree like, with that. Really? And we've been on the other side a lot. Like, you've I been, on, you've know been the, on the other side a lot. I want to know the personality. Really? Like, like I want... I I like to do a little foreplay before we do the read. I prefer it that with way. everybody or just people uh, that are reading for big much, roles. Pretty much, pretty. I mean, I'll get a sense real quick whether you know but I like that person be, or not. Or uh, you know, I'm on I'm on your camp. Yeah, in the exact same way. But I think it might also be a product of making films, knowing that you're going to be with somebody for several weeks someplace, as opposed to a day player coming in. Oh no, no, it was for the like best friend in a sitcom. Okay. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it was like, like it was like, it was really insightful because then I was like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing any of that shit." And so I'd leave like every, I'd walk in with like out without a shirt on. Yeah. I'd be like, "I don't have anything. I'm in and out." Yeah. Like I, mean, a I don't murderer. care about the coffee, that whatever. But I mean, I mean, like, I, I don't, I find rooms to be very cold as a, as an auditioner and as a person sitting on the couch watching people audition, and I like a little talk beforehand. And I'm not a small talky kind of guy. But no. I think it's In a fact, nice. You detest small talk. It's a nice break the ice thing. Yeah. I think so. But people have their rule. Like I, I auditioned. I did uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and, and Larry David is very kind of like people will tell you. You know, he has rules. You know, really. When you audition, don't do this and don't do that. And I get that. Yeah. I just am different. I yeah, I mean, it's like I, my feeling is I've been in enough cold audition rooms where nobody's speaking. And you're like, uh, you know, you're like, ah, this the energy sucks in here, and it is making my performance worse. Yeah, maybe there are some people who are like, we want to see how you do under the fucking pressure of the hot lights or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, what I really want and what I think I can get more good performances out of somebody if I'm nice to them and relax them. Yeah, and let that's them what know, I think is the best. This yeah. is safe fucking room that you yeah. come into because the thing is what i think actors don't realize is that like before they walk into that room the job is theirs to lose that every and i don't mean that they're gonna book it but like when you're casting somebody what you desperately want is for the person to walk you want that person to come in the room that that is going to get the part you want like if you're doing super troopers okay you've got the part for the 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 bad cop that you're gonna you know bring in or, or whatever the trucker you're gonna bring in yeah you want that fucking dude to walk in the room next you know, mm-hmm. like you want to find the you want you're looking for success. Yeah. You want somebody. Yeah. You need yeah. somebody. Yeah. You know? So I want to give whoever it is because it might be somebody that like 
you know, it's like I might have in mind, okay, it's uh, a fucking big, burly truck driver. And instead, John Hawks uh, walks into the room. You know, that, that's the guy. Uh, he was just in the sessions. You, you know him. Mean, he's been in a million. Uh, uh, or Yeah, John Hawks, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, s- s- he, yeah, he was in or whatever. Whatever. He's, he's a skinnier. He's a skinny actor. <laughs> he's a little okay. guy. Yeah, you'll know who he is. He's been in, in fucking. Every, he yeah. was in Eastbound and Down. Yeah, anyway. He's, uh, he's, oh, I know who you're he's talking about. He's the brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. So, uh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. He, the longest he could example. walk in, and if I'm a dick and I'm making him nervous, and he sucks, and he's going to walk out, and he would have been the best person for the part, right? Be- because he would have done it a different way, and he would have been fantastic, and be like, "Holy shit, I love this fucking guy." Yeah, because he came in and nailed. It's a bad enough process. You might as well try to make it. It is such a horrible process. You know, it's a it is such process. a like. I I almost I actually almost entirely stopped auditioning, only because I was like I was like I don't like I don't think it. I, it definitely doesn't get the best out of me, no. and it just like I'll do things that are like offers, like uh, yeah. like like. Corporate stuff like uh, industry. What is it when you do like uh, uh, commercial industrial, 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 yeah. industrial yeah, 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 stuff? Yeah. And then like uh, I'll do a development deal, but I'm not gonna like going in for auditioning. I feel like it does more bad than good for someone's career these days because it's like and no one's getting parts. I feel like it's yeah. so hard to book something. Yeah, it's I hard. would rather spend my time writing something for myself, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, right now. My whole goal was I had someone tell me I forget who this was. It was like in a really great meeting, and they were like, "Can I can I give you some advice?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "No one's gonna be able to. You're not gonna get cast in anything. That's not, that's not the kind of actor you are." <laughs> I go, "Really?" Jeez, and they're like, "Yeah." You. It's like you need to be famous, and then you'll get in something. Right. I was like, it's "Catch twenty. Okay. <laughs> I was like, "How do I get famous?" He's like, "Keep doing stand up, man. Keep doing stand up. It'll happen." Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, it'll never happen." But <laughs> yeah. it's 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 not. I mean, it's I'm dev, it's I'm dev, I can definitely see the fruits of the labor happening around the corner, but like I I see a possibility, but. Well, now like, it's like I wonder if like you like Bill Burr for instance you know when he turned up on Breaking Bad you know I mean there's a very good chance that he went in there and whoever it was that either auditioned him or maybe he auditioned for Vince Gilligan in person but like was a fan and was like you know what I just love this fucking guy let's Dude, put I, him right through I would I would argue that that the latter is the one yeah. I, I think that, that Bill is now someone that when he goes into the room he gives a great read they know he can get the job done mm-hmm. but more importantly I think a lot of people have to realize, guys, we're hanging out one, with one of the com- comedic voices yeah. of this generation yeah. Yeah. for a week. Yeah. We're going to get to hang out with him in New Mexico for a week yeah. Yeah. and just listen to him rant. And like <laughs> now when I listen to his podcast, I can put a face on it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's like, look at Chappelle. You know, he started getting movie roles when he was getting famous as a stand-up. And I think that that's the way stand-up works. You know, it's like, it's like you know, uh, you, I think it, once you get like Kevin Hart uh, was getting famous and getting yeah. these roles, and then it kind of compounded. Now it's like now, now he can do whatever he wants. Oh yeah, yeah. now he's greenlighting movies. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's so he's such an like I super I, nice I, guy, super nice guy. Such that like I started roughly with him. He started in Philly, but I was in New York, yeah. and we kind of met in New York. And I mean, just meteoric rise to fame, like oh, just yeah. where you just go. Like I remember watching one time. I, this is, and I'll tell you, this is there. There are. A handful of great stand-up sets. And I'm not going to put Kevin's in with Bernie Mac's Def Jam or Bill Burr's Philly. But I will put Kevin, uh, Kevin's um, Shaquille Cedric All-Star Comedy Jam as one of the best sets of stand-up comedy yeah. I've seen on TV. It, 
he's following all black entertainers who are doing an all black room and they're all doing crowd work and they're all doing dick jokes and pussy jokes yeah, yeah. and Kevin goes up and he st- starts doing material about his kids and it blew me away because it was the first time I realized how I can interact with black audiences yeah. is that look we're all fucking people. Yeah, we we all kids. have families. We all have kids. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. all will have our kids. We all kids drive us nuts. Our wife drives us nuts. And it was and he fucking murdered. And yeah. he went last. And it was the funniest fucking material. And it was clean. And I was yeah. like, Are you fucking shitting me? <laughs> I'm like, here I am telling fucking dick jokes. I gotta write about my kids. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I gotta fucking learn how to write. <laughs> God. But um Well, this has been fucking awesome, guys. I yeah, I sincerely awesome. was panic stricken. Because I love Meredith. I love Meredith. And she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you guys, would you like to talk to them? And I was like, in a fucking heartbeat. But like, I'm not a really good interviewer. Like, I have, I'm like... That's real... what, no, that's what we like. It's just shoot the shit. Yeah, know? that's I, exactly what happened. I'm yeah. fucking so excited. You guys have an open ticket. If you ever want to do a podcast with me, if you ever want to come on, right. if you ever, if you want right. to, like, if you ever want to just... Like sometimes I'll have my buddy, um, my, my my buddies are all big podcasters, and they'll come over and we'll just have beers and sit around and just talk. If you guys ever want to do that, I'll keep you on the email list or the sure. text list and say, hey, we're going to podcast tonight at ten. Okay, you're more than welcome to come over. If you ever have anything you want to promote, sure, please by all means. You should if, come on our podcast. We had a podcast. You should come on our podcast. I would fucking love to. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to. Then we can um, ask shit about you. Oh. I told it all on this show. <laughs> it's like I had Zane Lamprey. You know Zane Lamprey? Uh-uh. Zane Lamprey was uh, he did three sheets. It was a big drinking show. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, I had yeah, Zane yeah. on my podcast, yeah. and then I went to his to do right directly after I did his podcast, and I was like, sadly, I talk about myself so much. We've already covered this ground. <laughs> but no, yeah, totally. I'll, we can find different things to talk. I'll about. tell you guys the machine story, beginning to end. Oh, okay. oh, that'd be great. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah, we'll have you on anytime you want to be on. Hey, we'll, uh, we should. We'll just invite. We'll pick a date and invite you. How about that? Please, I, I'm in town uh, up until Montreal, and then a little bit past Montreal. I got motorcycle lessons. Is the only thing I'm okay. doing. Motorcycle lessons. Long story. You're okay. learning how to ride the motorcycle. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah. For a part. Yeah. Or for. Yep. Can't really talk about it. Okay. I shouldn't have said I have motorcycle lessons. He can't talk about motorcycle it. diaries too. He can't talk. About it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, is that in the art of motorcycle maintenance? They're making a movie about it, and I'm the lead. And you're the star. Uh, Hello. Awkward. You Awkward. Do? You had me though for one second. I was like, really? But you're going to Mo- oh, you're going to Montreal. Okay. Going to Montreal. Uh, We're gone until then. Oh, really? And yeah. then you come back then. We'll be back in August. Maybe after uh, in August. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm around in August okay. a little bit. Yeah, Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Guys, uh, say everything, uh, any dates to promote. I'm going to put this up tonight. I'm going to upload this today. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Tonight. So let's do, we're going to, uh, we're going to go to the Pacific Northwest, J- uh, July 18th, Cobbs in San Francisco, July 19th, Hawthorne Theater in Portland, July 20th, Saturday night in Seattle at Sunset Tavern. And then we go Sunday night, the 21st in Victoria, Club 919. How am I doing? Monday night, good. Nanaimo. Uh, Queens. 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 And then the 23rd, Tuesday night, Vancouver Fan Club. Fantastic. So do me a favor, guys. That's it. If you you heard them on the show, just go up to them and say, just give them a shot and go, the machine sent me. Oh. That'd (laughs) be cool. That's a great way to find out. What, yeah. you know. That's actually good. What if nobody comes up? Should we report back to you and say, like, it, did, it doesn't... Hey, reach. your podcast doesn't work. It doesn't <laughs> Come on, Bert. <laughs> Step it up, Bert. No, uh, no. no I, I, I know that I have a bunch of listeners in Portland. So if you guys are in Portland, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have Love some it. crossover there. Yeah, yeah. And in San Friday Francisco. Yeah. It's, uh, British, I'm, my podcast is fucking huge in Canada. Canada. Yeah. Can- well, yeah, Canada. Canada. Well, the name of the podcast is Hockey Hockey Moose Knuckle. So. Okay. Are you a hockey fan, by the way? 
No, I've never played in my life. Oh. I grew up in Florida. In Florida. But yeah, yeah, the Panthers, they won the Stanley Cup, right? Panthers. Or they went to the Stanley Cup. Florida Panthers? I don't even know what that is. Oh, yeah, the Florida. Or the Tampa Bay Lightning. You've got the Lightning. Oh, yeah, the Lightning they I've heard definitely of. Won the Wait, who are the Florida Panthers? They're the Miami ice hockey team, NHL. Seriously? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> like, are you serious? I can't That's tell it. if he, he just lost all his I'm, I'm being dead serious. All I've never heard of the Florida gone. Panthers. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a minor league team. No. Are you serious? They're real. Shut up. Yeah. They're Miami. They're the only 10 ice hockey players. In the NHL, like you see them, you're like Jesus. They look. They really good. stand out on the ice. They're, they're all Cuban and tan. They're tan. What are your Twitters at? Uh, uh, I am at Kevin. I'm at uh, Heffernan Rules at Steve Lemmy. Guys, I sincerely thank you guys for coming over. I have had a fucking blast. Thanks, dude. This is great. This I want to awesome. drink from you. Not today, but I want to drink from that tap one time. Oh, we can make that happen. Oh yeah, we can make that happen. Thank you guys. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.